building entirely just crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the fences informed me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I I see some people running now. And the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. episode of the Fire and Water Podcast, the official podcast of AquamanShrine.com and FirestormFan.com. I'm one of your hosts, Atomic Punch Shag from Firestorm Fan. <laughs> Along with me is my co-host, Deep Sea Kick Rob Kelly from the Aquaman Shrine. How you doing, Rob? <laughs> I'm doing really good. That was good. That was worth waiting for. Uh, just to go <laughs> behind the curtain, uh, Shag had to do like four takes to get that intro, but, but, but it was worth it in the end. It wasn't four takes. That's ridiculous. It was maybe... Two or three. three. <laughs> Any folk, anyway, folks, we are back uh, for a new episode, and this is an episode that people have been waiting for and asking for for a long time. Long time. If you use the Wayback Machine and go back um, almost nearly a year, <laughs> we did an episode on uh, the Superpowers Collection, the much-beloved <laughs> action figure toy line from the 1980s produced by Kenner Toys in conjunction with DC Comics. And a wonderful, wonderful action figure toy line that has been a big part of a lot of our lives. And uh, so we spent an episode going through it. And in fact, if you missed it, folks, we have dropped it back into the Fire and Water feed as sort of a, a repeat. You know, if, um, if you haven't heard it, it's new to it's you. new to you, yeah. So if you, look in, if you look in your iTunes feed just before this episode, you'll see that episode 17... The Superpowers episode is available once again as a rerun, and so you can check that out, and, and then this one will lead right into that, sort of a sequel, if you will. Yeah, I mean, when we did the first episode, I don't think we intended it to be a two-parter. We just started talking, and we ended up filling like a two-hour show, and we didn't even get through – We all we ever talked about was the figures, because we just kept talking. So it sort of became a two-part episode just as it unfolded, because we didn't we – didn't, I don't think we planned on that, right? No, I think actually we did. In fact, which is going to be kind of funny because people are probably yelling at their MP3 players at this point because they've heard the episode more recently than we have if they just listened to it in the feed. Um, I think we did talk about doing another one almost right away because we were like, oh, I want to do the vehicles. And we kept saying like, well, folks, if you want us to do another one, we will. Oh, that's That's right. That's right. We didn't think that necessarily there was a lot of 
call for it. And of course there was. Yeah, we were very wrong. Uh, we got a lot of folks who were very anxious about hearing more about it. And we, we get emails probably once a month or so or, or a FaceTime, I mean, a, a FaceTime message or something, Facebook. What the hell are you talking what, what is that another Google Plus type thing that you're on that nobody else is on? I was saying FaceTime, which is a <laughs> I, iPhone thing. Sorry. Uh, anyway, so we get, these we get MySpace messages, so messages. It drives me crazy. All right, I'm getting, uh, you know, uh, YouTube, uh, Twitter, and Facebook are combining, right? No, I didn't know these that. Gonna have one, oh, yeah, it's going to be called UTwitFace. Anyway, so. Um, oh, Lord. You like that? A lot no, of setup for I that. No, I don't. I didn't at all. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyway, we get asked a lot about it, and uh, so we're here finally. Now, folks, for those of you who listened to Episode 17 first time around and sent us messages and sent us comments and stuff like that, if you wanted to hear the feedback from that episode, we went ahead and did it you know, pretty much at that time. So the feedback from the first Superpowers episode was actually covered in Episode number 18. So if you want to hear that feedback um, from the listeners, please go back to that episode because it has been covered previously. If you can't find it in iTunes, which probably by this point you can't, because I think just the most recent 25 episodes goes up, you can go over to uh, a blog that we maintain pretty much just for the purposes of uploading episodes. What's that URL, Rob? That is uh, Fire and Water. Hold on one second. Let me <laughs> I forget what it is. Okay, it's uh, firewaterpodcast.blogspot.com. And in the sidebar, there are links to every single episode in order. So you can download all yep. of them directly from there. And that's uh, that's the purpose of that site. Literally, is just to force it up to iTunes. So I mean, it's not really a place. If you leave messages there, we honestly we probably won't even see them. So just uh, check it out there, and then come on back over to Aquaman Shrine and Firestorm Fan, and leave your thoughts and stuff. Right, right, right. Awesome. All right. Well, we kind of uh, what we're gonna do, folks, is we're gonna we're gonna finish up the toy line. I mean, we've talked about the action figures, but there's more than just action figures to this toy line folks it's pretty cool then we're going to talk about some of the other stuff that came out of because uh, out of this brand because superpowers was a legitimate brand it wasn't just uh, a label they stuck on toys i mean they branded everything dc merchandise as superpowers for a long time so yes. we're going to cover a lot of the other items in the brand Well, thanks, Rob. Yeah, I, uh, I'd love to start talking about vehicles. <laughs> we do that. Yeah. Every, we do this every week. <laughs> well, I just figure you know you would edit out the pause and just start talking later. But no, you just leave this weird, uncomfortable, pregnant pause hanging there. So <laughs> I enjoy them. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the listeners at home are like, "Yeah, that's a real polished podcast." Anyway, so there were a number of vehicles produced and not produced for the Superpowers action figure line. Uh, Rob, why don't you walk us through the first few? All right. Well, the first or the most famous one is the Batmobile, of course. I mean, any any line of toys that features Batman and Robin is going to have a Batmobile. Um, it was uh, I, I'm reading from a uh, site here, KennerSuperpowers.com, which is probably the thing we're going to be using. So if you want to follow along visually, this might be the uh, good good site to use. Uh, they wrote here, the Batmobile was by far the nicest vehicle in the first Superpowers assortment. It continues to be one of the most cherished in the line. This vehicle packed a ton of crime-fighting features. The front battering ram was rear-spring-loaded. To catch a villain provided serious means for capturing evildoers. If that was enough, Batman could always turn on the snazzy flip-up bat headlights to strike fear into the Joker and his henchmen. Um, it's, a, it's a really snazzy car. I mean, it's, you know, it's the classic Batmobile of the time, for the most part. Um, they kind of went, they did their, somewhat of their own design, but it's basically following the 80s Batmobile. This is the only vehicle that I remember having. I didn't really have too many of the vehicles, but I remember, I'm pretty sure I had this one. Um, and I, had, it, I had none of them. 
Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I, this, yeah. One, this one I had. The the front part of, as as I mentioned in the description, the front part, like the uh, the grill part of it, pops off, and you can basically, as you can see on the box, hit Joker in the ass with the, the front battering ram. <laughs> um, so they love their little spring loaded action here in the uh, the superpowers uh, superpowers line. Now the other one that's probably um, that I think most people know the best was the Supermobile. Right. Right. And, and that's the one, that one was designed to shield Superman from kryptonite. Right, right. It also had a, it had an action ram, which I guess is sort of like the one the Batmobile had. Yeah, this is Krypton action ram. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the villain Captivators. Yeah. Can I say the box? If you can look at the box, again, you can go to KennerSuperpowers.com and look at these pictures. If you look at the box on the side panels... Superman is there with Aquaman in front of the Supermobile in both panels. So it's, it's funny. They look like they're going on a ride together. It's very, like, you know, it's, it's sort of funny that they particularly chose Aquaman to stand alongside Superman. And he's got his trident and everything. And they just look like they're, uh, I don't know, they're going to go get something to eat or something like that. Well, maybe it was sort of like Aquaman's like, look, you know, you fly, but for some reason you need a flying car. Which is sort of like me, I swim, yet for some reason I need like a jet ski. So let me, let me tell you how this works. <laughs> Which they never did for the superpowers line, unfortunately. I know, they totally should have. Yes. So, I actually, you know, I don't know, did I already say that the purpose of the Supermill was to shield Superman yes. from Kryptonite? I yes. did, okay. Because that was always kind of a neat shtick, because, you know, back then, uh, Kryptonite was, you know, even though they'd supposedly gotten rid of it in the comics, it was as common as you could get anyway, you know, and, you run down to the 7-Eleven and pick up Kryptonite back then. <laughs> and so to, to give Superman some way, you know, it, it served multiple purposes. It, it, you know, it gave you some way for Superman to withstand that, you know, horrible weakness, weakness of his. And, and then at the same time, it allowed him to, uh, you know, get a toy, an extra toy. Right. I mean, they, they weren't going to miss a trick to, to merchandise Superman and Batman further. Absolutely. So, so um, now it, it, it says here... Superman flies off to the Hall of Justice with a villain securely locked in his captivator. So it would the captivators would grab the figure and allow him to like hold them almost in like handcuffs and dangle them beneath his <laughs> ship as he flew you them could, through the air. You can see on the back of the box, uh, Brainiac is uh, dangling very, very dangerously from the from the bottom of the Supermobile. <laughs> well, I like it's, Brainiac. I'm not so much worried about, but I like to think that Superman just grabs like bank robbers and dangles them. <laughs> for, you know, while he flies hundreds of miles across the country, and they're just like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, defecating on themselves and everything. Oh, so. Lord. <laughs> but cute vehicle. That's the one I remember because I'm trying to remember. Did, didn't they use this in the cartoon? Like, I remember Superman. No, I'm thinking of a different vehicle. Well, Wait a minute. He, he had a, He did have a supermobile in the comics, um, and it was for a similar purpose. But it had these two little fists on the side, which he used to go out and grab chunks of kryptonite and whatever. So it was it was even called that, the Supermobile, um, no. but it, it didn't look like this. It doesn't it doesn't look like the toy. Well, that's what I was thinking of. Okay, yeah, yeah, he did have he did have that toy, but it just it looked a lot different. And they actually made a toy of that vehicle. I think Corgi Toys when they did a line of DC superhero little like Matchbox cars, they did a Supermobile, and it looks just like the one in the comic. The the Superpowers one is a bit of a different version. Okay. Uh, another one of the vehicles, uh, if we could move on, I guess we move on with Superman, is the Lexor, L-E-X-S-O-A-R, Lexor 7, which is the Lex Luthor assault ship. 
Yes, and it, you know, it's. I think if you, I think you can all figure out what what we're talking about. Uh, it's uh, this vehicle. It looks a lot like the Snowspeeders from Star Wars, um, and Lex lays down in it. And of course, it's what? What? Okay, for those of you who have actually seen Empire Strikes Back, it looks nothing like a Snowspeeder. Just making sure we're all clear it on that. Sure, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. What are you talking oh, about? You are embarrassing yourself. It is. You need, you need to stop. This is like the, another episode we did where you talked about Legion of Superheroes taking place in the 23rd century. century. Yes, yes. Uh, you just you just don't know your it science fiction. It looks like the snowspeeder to me. Just stick to your comic book knowledge and you'll be better off, okay? All right, okay. So, we were saying. Well, he really cast a damper on the show now here. Uh, but on the, uh, on the, similarly, on the side panels, we see Lex posing with the Lexar 7 with Brainiac. Which is very, it looks like he's showing it to him. Hey, Brainiac, check this out. <laughs> New showroom, showroom model. Yeah, exactly. And then on the, the back panel, we see it flying over Superman because um, he's dangling. Uh, it says Lex Luthor uses kryptonite to defeat Superman. And he's like dangling kryptonite over Superman. And there's Superman on his knees. <laughs> uh, cowering in fear under the Lexor 7. It's odd because yeah. Lex has to lay down in this thing to operate it. It's very, kind of an unusual thing. He's tired. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and, and, and the gripper thing, just it, it, it's interesting. Superman had a gripper and Lex has a gripper, you know? They're different, but they each had a way to grab somebody underneath the ship. And, you know, in, 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 in the spirit of sort of friendly, kid-friendly toys, there are, there's no lasers or blasters of any sort. Uh, the other one that came out of the first run, so we've had the Batmobile, the Lexor 7, the Supermobile, um, there was the Hall of Justice playset. Yes. Now, this is not a vehicle. You know, I mean, it's, it's a playset, but still, this is pretty darn cool. Uh, it looks just like the Hall of Justice, well, it, it's yellow, I guess not exactly like it, but <laughs> it looks almost identical to the Hall of Justice you would see in the, you know, in the early Hanna-Barbera Super Friends cartoons. Again, except it's yellow. And uh, it was produced with the first wave of figures, and it was, they, it, they kept it available. Because sometimes, you know, a toy would come out and it would just kind of go away. This one was kind of always around. So it had the Hall of Justice, it had the, the jail cells with hidden trap doors, it had a working elevator and security doors. <laughs> It had revitalization chambers. Nice. It sounds just dirty, which was just basic. I mean, you're envisioning like the Borg plugged their back of their heads into I those things. I think they probably just but, mean um, a bar. What? They probably just mean a bar. <laughs> All it really was was is this thing functioned as a, a, a carrying case for your toys if you wanted. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Computer command center and had a vehicle landing bay. I love that because, like, <laughs> I don't really understand what the vehicle landing bay was per se because I guess they just mean you could put your vehicle next to it or yeah, something. Yeah. It sounds a lot more impressive than it is, really. <laughs> right. So it, it could fold out. I mean, it had multiple fold outs. It said it has a triple section design, so it folded out for play or for carrying. So um, it, was, it was pretty cool. I mean, you, you, the pictures here. Now I'm looking at pic, the Kenner one. The Kenner site you're on looks like it's uh, the link's broken, but I'm on uh, ActionFigureInsider.com. Right. Yeah, they have pictures of it there. It's actionfigureinsider.com slash archives slash SP, which is short for superpowers. So go on out there and you can see all these cool things. And uh, it's pretty hip. I mean, I don't see the giant monitor room, which uh, would have totally been rad, because whenever I think of the Hall of Justice from the inside, is that monitor room and that cool conference table, mm-hmm. which was good enough for, like, six people, but anyone else, they had to, like, stand. It was not- <laughs> yeah, yeah. They always had the other characters standing around. 
So elitist. So elitist. <laughs> anyway. But uh, cool toy. I always wanted this one. Like, even though I only had a couple of uh, superpowers figures at the time, this is one of the things I wanted pretty bad. Was there a reason why you didn't get the vehicles if you wanted them? I, I, I had almost no superpowers, man. Oh, you didn't? Growing up. Oh. No, I, I think I'm, I want to say I mentioned this the last show. Uh, it, to my shame, the only one I really had was Firestorm. Of course. And then uh, years later, I managed to pick up Dr. Fate. Without the cape. Without the cape, right? And actually, I think I've got a couple Firestorms now. But um, I think that's it. I think those are the only superpowers figures I've ever owned. Wow. Now, I used to handle all of them. When I worked for the comic shop, because people would sell their collections, and so I, I got to hold and, and, quite honestly, play with all of them. You know, I'd be sitting there in the store like, ah, no, Brainiac, no! Yes, I am Lex! You know, and all that stuff. Do the voice. Uh, I'm not ready. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I will have to prepare myself. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you mentioned about people selling their collections. I guess this is the perfect time to mention it, because uh, I've been selling some of my Aquaman stuff, just because it's like, I, I have way too much, I have duplicates of things, I'm just sort of clearing out some stuff. And I had a um, uh, a uh, Colombian, we'll get to this, we'll get to this later on in the show, this, this separate line, that I had a Colombian Superpowers Aquaman figure. Hmm. And it was, came like in a different card, and of course, in a, I believe it's in Spanish, uh, the, the card. And I put it up on eBay, and the card was the bubbles all cracked. It was really pretty beat up, and the figure is not nearly as good as the regular superpowers figure because there's like no joints, and the paint is kind of bad, and there's no accessories. It's really a kind of shoddy knockoff. But anyway, I posted it on on eBay last week, and I set the bidding for like ten dollars because I was just like, this probably isn't worth anything because it's so yeah. beat up. Within, I kid you not, within forty five minutes, it was up to seventy five dollars. Oh, wow. I mean, people just jumped on it. And in fact, one guy popped up and said, if you end the auction right now, I'll pay you X amount of money for it. I mean, he's like, I want it right now. I was just like, wow. And this is a toy line 20 years old, more than 20 years old. And it like, you know, this was like on a Saturday night. I posted this thing and I had it sold in like three hours. You know, (laughs) so like. Holy moly. The demand is still amazing for these things that, 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 you know, there are this many people looking for it still this many years later. It's a testament to the line. It really is that it's, it's still that beloved. And, you know, and for me, I, I've said this on the previous show, too, just like Series 2 especially, or Wave 2 of the figures for yeah, me wave was two just, was really good. oh, you know, Red Tornado and Dr. Fate and Green Arrow Martian and Firestorm. Manhunter. What's that? Martian Manhunter. Yeah, 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 yeah. him too, I suppose. Oh, man, <laughs> wow. That was for Frank. You're going to get a lot of comments. <laughs> all right, all right. So that, that's the first wave of action figures and play sets. Then we got into the second wave. And, uh, well, you want to cover the first one? Okay, the, fir- the first one of the second series was the Dark Side Destroyer, uh, which is this big kind of like, it, I, I'm not, okay, calm down. It's vaguely reminiscent of kind of an X-Wing fighter in terms of it's got these very long wings. It actually looks somewhat similar also to a um, Klingon uh, bird of prey, uh, except it's purple and red. And, you, you know, there's like the main section and then there's two, the two wings. And then on the end of the wings is little seats. And as you can see in this one picture on the Action Figure Insider Superpowers site, you see Steppenwolf and Desaad riding uh, co-shotgun, I guess. Um, and it, and the, the main section carried Darkseid, of course. Now, you know, I don't want to fly in a ship that Darkseid is piloting, but so be it. Calabac, Desaad, get in my ride. <laughs> that's what well, everybody you know, it's the, it's for. The same. 
It's a, that's the same joke I used last time about the van, though. I didn't think about that. Uh, it's still good, though. The, 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 the imitation is so good, it's worth it. Calabac, pimp my ride. That's it. <laughs> pimp my ride. That's what he says to him. Okay. It's a, it's a uh, very awkward-looking machine. I never had it. I never even saw it in the store. But, uh, but you know, hey, villains deserve uh, vehicles, too. Well, it's uh, over on the Kenner, Power, Kenner Superpower site. They, they're, this one's up there. <laughs> the flying flagship of the ultimate evil is its tagline. <laughs> I love that. That's great. So um, it's kind of, you know, it's sort of ironic that you mentioned compare these to Star Wars toys because they're both designed by Kenner. Right. Uh, so there, there's a little bit of connection there. The other connection is that they look absolutely nothing alike. So, again, just thank you for confirming that you have never seen the Star Wars films. <laughs> and apparently you've never seen a Klingon Bird of Prey either. So, moving on. Uh, the next one would be <laughs> Calabax Boulder Bomber. The, and its tagline is the Cruel Crusher's Massive Machine. <laughs> These are awesome. I... It had, you could catapult a boulder. Like, I had a catapult in the back that could fling a boulder at your bad guys. Which looks had, like a big ball of paper, actually. It, yeah, it does, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, has removable spearheads, grinding teeth. That's on great. The front, I love the grinding teeth. Spring-launched maces. So this one did have stuff it could fire. That's interesting. Okay, so we talked about no lasers, but this one did have, you know, firing stuff. So uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, obviously it was for Calabac, but you could put any character in there. And, uh, you know, it was a ground-based vehicle, I think. Yeah, it had treads and stuff. So it was, it was a ground-based destructive vehicle because Calabac's, you know, all about bringing the, the damage. <laughs> Craziness. I've never seen any of these in person. No, I never have either. I have to wonder, too, whether, like, when, if you tag a vehicle by a certain character, whether that affects the sales. Because Calabac could not have been one of their big sellers. So it's like I wonder if calling it the Calabac Boulder Bomber, you know, people are like, oh, you know, not people, kids are like Calabac. And eh, nah. like if you had called it, you know, Batman's sure. Boulder Bomber, you know, <laughs> like would you have well, sold more of them? Well, the next one we're going to talk about, you know, is is a superhero vehicle, but it doesn't have, it's not assigned to a particular character. So yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah, because you you could buy that and go, oh, I'm going to put my favorite character in right, here. Exactly. You know, Martian Manhunter is going to fly this. <laughs> Yeah, the next vehicle, as Shaq mentioned, is the Delta Probe 1, the battling spaceship of the Superpowers heroes. And as it's pictured, Robin is in that. On the back of the box, he's got his arm out like he's showing it off, like he's on the prices Right, which is great. How much, <laughs> how much do we bid for the Delta Probe 1? Uh, within $5, don't go over. It has an infrared shield, a rotating cockpit. I don't know how exciting that is. And a villain catcher. Again with the villain catchers. They're big on snagging villains. Yeah? Oh, it's on the back. It's like a clip on the back. You clip the villains to the back of the ship. Right, right. And drag them along humiliatingly. Don't mind the engines. (laughs) On the back of the box, you see that it snagged uh, Luthor. Robin snagged Luthor. How humiliating that Luthor is snagged by Robin the Boy Wonder. And on the box, uh, he's flying through space, which is interesting. Safely trapped. It does say that, yes. And he said Robin is flying through space. That's not something you normally saw him do. But there he is. That's true. Feeling very comfortable. I remember some of the some of the mini comics had I wanna say it was uh, Green Arrow flying the Delta Probe one in <laughs> doing something with a dance thing. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the next one would arguably be uh, one that I imagine was popular, although I really don't remember it. Like I don't remember seeing this one around. So but it was the Bat Copter. Right. You know, you would you would imagine 
being a Batman-related thing, it would be hot, but I just don't remember that. So it had a nose cone that shot off and Again. reels back on with a winch. Uh, the bottom of the rotor traps villains. Surprise! Uh, <laughs> It was, uh, you know, it was actually re-released for the Dark Knight collection as well, apparently. So, uh, but it's um, which means they had a bunch lying around at a warehouse, or, or well, or they just used the mold. So, I'm but gonna bet, uh, I'm going to bet they had a bunch lying around at a warehouse. <laughs> it could be, it could be, because this is the third wave by this point. Yeah, right, so, right. Assuming if, if the wave of vehicles and um, if the wave of vehicles came out the same in the same order as the action figures. Then this was during that really, really bad series of figures. <laughs> Golden Pharaoh. Golden Pharaoh right. won't fit in here. If you remember, <laughs> Golden Pharaoh won't fit. If you recall, the third wave of uh, superpowers figures was really a a, a drunken dartboard <laughs> game of of making toys. So, anyway. Sure, the creeper. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! So that was the uh, the backcopter. What's up next? Next up, we're getting even goofier. Uh, <laughs> the Justice Jogger, uh, which sounds like the worst superhero ever. That sounds like an '80s superhero. Uh, but anyway, it is a big, big kind of like seat thing with legs that you sit in, and it has power stepping action. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, it's just an embarrassing looking toy. I'm sorry. You see Superman sitting in it. There's this giant control thing that comes up between his legs and the way that he sits in it, like on the side of the box, it's like he's reared back and the, there's like a, um, uh, a cockpit that goes over his head. So it's just very awkwardly staged. It's a, it's a very, very odd toy. I certainly never saw it at a store anywhere. I'm thinking this one must have had some sort of wind up action. Cause if you look at the feet, it's got those little bars that stick in. Right, so, so it can move them. forward, right. Right, like I remember toys that would wind up. How he's had those feet that like had the little bars that would face in to help keep it straight and keep it going. So I'm thinking it must have had some sort of winding action. Oh, I can see it on the package. Yeah, it looks like there's some key they would wind or something. I can't quite read the pictures, though. Um, now here, it's called the Overland Villain Chaser. Now, um, here, here's another perfect example of Rob's lack of Star Wars knowledge. Now, this figure, if you had said, looks like an ATST, I would have agreed with you. Oh, the irony. So, <laughs> it actually does look a bit like an ATST, guys, at a weird small scale. And yeah, and Superman really looks like, um, it's just weird all yeah, the way it's around. Just, yeah, it's a weird toy. It's just a weird toy. And why does... Imagine, imagine Ripley's power suit from uh, Aliens. Aliens, yeah. But, like, a lot less cool. <laughs> it looks even sillier that they put Superman in it who doesn't need a Justice Jogger to chase anybody. Like, right, the guy who can run super fast. Yeah, they could have – well, he also flies. Uh, they could have put, you know, Batman, Robin, Aquaman, you know, any you know any of those guys just putting in super – I guess not Hawkman. He wouldn't have fit. But you could – or Wonder Woman who is standing there with – with with Clark and as he's showing off his Justice Jogger, so yeah, it just seems odd. That I think he's showing, up the, showing off the big stick coming up between his legs. I think is what he's showing off. But I knew that was gonna. I knew it. Um, <laughs> there were, there Batman was, would have made a lot more sense to be in the Justice Jogger, without yes, a doubt. Yes, absolutely. Uh, then we've got two figures that were act or one. I'm sorry, one figure that was never actually produced, called the All Terrain Trapper. And it was 
I think you referred to it as like the hamster wheel of the, doom or the something. The hamster ball of justice. Uh, action, was... action figure insider calls it that. I, so I think I took it from them. Yeah, the the hamster ball of justice. It's a giant. It's a, like a little mini kind of tank thing. It's got two giant wheels in the back and one single wheel in the front. And in the in the in the front there is a giant plastic ball that you trap once again the villains in and it's clear so as you're carting them off to the the, the Huskow, you can see them fight for their lives and in the picture you can see Aquaman piloting the Altering Trapper thanks Aquaman and he's carting uh, Steppenwolf off to to jail presumably it's it's an incredibly humiliating way to cart off your villains. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like this weird green bubble, you know, like, so this was never made, but no, it appeared on the back. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, this was unproduced, yeah. Yeah, it was It was in the third series card back, so like, as a kid, if you if you were unfortunate enough to get toys from the third line, on the oh, back no, of the card. Not. Come on, it wasn't that bad, good <laughs> lord. I know, there's some actually pretty cool ones Jeez, in the third heck. wave. There was Captain Marvel in the third line, it's, it's not all Well, bad. like I said, if you're unfortunate enough to get some of those toys. Um, Someone's going to start a Golden Pharaoh blog, and then... <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I absolutely want to see a Golden Pharaoh blog. I really do. And a Cyclotron blog. <laughs> so, on the back of, but, so on the back of the card, they actually had a picture of this thing, the picture that Rob just described. So that's how everyone... I mean, that's pretty much all anybody knows about it. So, But that hamster ball must have been freaking huge. Because, I mean, the figures are, what, three and a quarter inches? Something like that. So the, that ball was, would have been a really big ball because Steppenwolf is not even like bent up; he's fully standing up inside of it. Yeah, it's weird. It's very odd. They, it's the that and the Justice Jogger are really like what? <laughs> I just love that Aquaman's driving. It. I love it. I love that it's driving the Justice Jogger. That's fantastic. And, and then finally, um, you want to cover this one? Or you want me to? I'll let, yeah, let me do it. Uh, the, the, another unproduced uh, item, which was a playset, is the Tower of Darkness. Which was uh, Darkseid's Dark Tower of Darkness, I should properly call it. And as you can guess, it was a Darkseid playset. I mean, you know, the villains have a, the, the Hall of Justice, so why should you the bad guys? And this thing uh, kind of reminds me of stuff from, um, oh, not Fraggle Rock. What was that other show that the, the Hensons did? Oh, no, it, 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 it looks sort of like the, the other ones. No, it looks like the trash them. heap from Fraggle Rock. You're right. That, is it Fraggle Rock? Yeah. All right, I guess it, it is Fraggle Rock. Okay. I think it was something else, but anyway, uh, but yeah, it does look like Scrat because you've got this giant mountain and uh, Darkseid's face is in it, of course. Which is are you talking about Dark Crystal? No, not Dark. There was a show there. Uh, you know, we're going to get bogged down. We're going to drive people nuts. <laughs> so let's just move on. Anyway, it does look like Scrat, yeah, and because uh, you've got you've got uh, Darkseid there, Darkseid's face sticking out of the out, out of the mountain. And can I say this? I just learned this the other day. I was looking at some uh, a site that had some historical photos. Uh, mostly of like the 20s and 30s and 40s. And they had a picture of a building in Italy right after Mussolini took over. And his face, there was a giant stone carving of his face glommed onto the side of this building. And I'm like, wow, it, it looks like a supervillain headquarters. It lo- and it, mm. now looking at this dark side thing, that's what it looks like. It looks it like does. it looks like it's a real because it's like that's what evil people do. They stick their faces onto buildings. Well, so if, they if loom read- over you as you walk in. 
if, if you read the old Fourth World stuff, I mean, Darkseid had, like, his original palace, I want to say, was shaped like him. Or maybe it was later on, but he had a palace shaped like him. Right, right, right. And it's, so it's, it's, it's one of those things where, like, you don't real when you're a kid and you see this stuff in the comics, like, that's iconography that just makes sense. And you realize, well, it's probably taken from real life, is that's what real bad guys did, is that they did the kind of cartoon. It seems like cartoonish that a, that a real person actually made a face of himself and put it on a building but yet he did there it is and, and he's like looming over you as you walk in so the, anyway the, t- the tower of darkness playset comes with these two giant arms um that the, the, are kind of like made up the gate that you walk through i can't tell from the description it looks like those hand those things could like maybe move because the fingers all the digits have like little hinges on them it looks like it it looks at the very least that the arms could swing out and swing closed to Something. trap you in yeah. or out. Right, they were big on trapping, as we know in the Superman. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, on the box, you see dark. You see the dark side thing, and then there's Superman with his fist up. He's like, I don't want to go in here. And then there's two turrets on the side, and there's Calabac, and once again Steppenwolf, who is like must have been their go-to guy because he's in pictured in every one of these playsets. Um, and they're manning the turrets on the side, I guess, as they're pretending to uh, mow down some of the other super friends as they get closer. So, uh, but this was, this, this baby was unfortunately also unproduced. Oh, there's more. Uh, actually, if you, if you go to the action figure insider one, uh, site that I mentioned, they actually have some better pictures from, uh, that got printed in Tomart's action figure guide a couple years back. And it shows the front and the back, the backside shows you behind dark Side's head. There's actually like a trap. And in this trap, Wonder Woman is trapped in there. They've got oh, Aquaman. Oh, yeah, there it is. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They've got Aquaman actually in a cage, like a prison cage. <laughs> of course they do. Right. Plastic Man is being held aloft in know. something. I can't – look, I probably grab her claws or something. And Dr. Fate has been pinched into something as well. I'm sorry. Wonder Woman looks like she's on a stripper pole. Oh, my God, she does. <laughs> well, maybe she is. I mean, there was that whole thing in the cartoons about Dark Side. Dark Side having a thing for Wonder Woman. And there's this cool, like – this dragon face that's sort of in the rocks in front of everything, which I really like. So it, it really reminds me of um, almost like a Castle Grayskull kind of. It does feel like Castle Grayskull, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It was it's sort of a, this thing. This thing would have been expensive as hell, though. I mean, if you I think guess, about it, if you yeah. look at the scale of the toys, yeah, maybe that's why it was unproduced. Because I mean, at that point, the line was fading, and and this the price tag on this thing would have been a fifty bucks probably or something probably, back yeah, then. Yeah, you have to think that that at least a couple of these exist somewhere. Somebody's got them. Well, I mean, this is a photograph. Well, right, but I mean, I mean, it's it's, but they make more than one when they when they yeah. do these models. They make a couple, so I mean, some right. some some employee of Kenner or somebody has it. You know, somebody it's sitting in a closet somewhere, and this thing is probably like you know worth twenty thousand dollars if you could sell it on eBay or something like that. But or it's in a landfill. Or it's in a well, that's kind of a sad note. Jag, I was trying to keep it upbeat, but all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, that actually rounds out the toys, guys. I mean, we have now well, talked about – what's that? Sort of. Well, it rounds out the action figure line. Let's put it that right. way. The, offic- the, you know, right, the American action figure line. Yeah, we've talked about the action figures. We've talked about the, uh, the play sets and you know, the, the superpowers action figure line here in the United States. Now, what's interesting was th- this line of toys you know, made it out past our borders and – and they went into other countries, and rather than Kenner just printing them and shipping them out, in a lot of cases, they got companies to produce the figures for them in other countries. Um, 
For example, in Mexico, there was a company called Lily, I think it's Letty. Yeah, Lily Letty. And they produced the Super Poderas collection, I guess, or Collection. I'm going to do French. Oh, Hector's probably just, he's got his head in his hands at this point, <laughs> just going, oh, guys, really? Really, Shag? Anyway, but Super Poderes, and it was the Lily Letty Company, and they produced the figures actually in Mexico, and they did it because uh, Mexico had special, and, th- and this information, by the way, is coming from Hector Negrete himself, um, one of our listeners from Mexico. He was saying how that they had restrictions on toys being imported from China. So that they had to produce the toys locally in Mexico to help benefit local toy companies. So um, for them, <laughs> yeah, I know. The Lily Letty is is most popular nowadays because uh, they do the Star Wars line for Mexico, and I'm, I'm a little unsure on whether he means they did it back then or they're doing it now. But either way, they had all the original first wave of of the twelve, as well as the two vehicles. But from there's some question on I'm sorry they advertise all of those. There's some question as to whether all of those were actually produced or not. And not only has Hector told us that I've seen that referenced on a couple of sites. No one's really sure if they made all the figures. But they uh, they included the mini comics that were translated into Spanish. They had you know the cool cards. It was very similar, and uh, it was a it was a neat line of toys. Aquaman and Batman and Wonder Woman, uh, Flash, Robin, and Superman were definitely produced. It's the other ones that are a little questionable. Right. Now, it, we, we, from what I understand, also, the quality of them were not quite as impressive as the ones that Kenner made. Right, like, right. In the States. So you got some variants there. And then there's a whole bunch of low-quality bootlegs that had no way related to Lily Letty. Uh, but people packaged them up to look like superpower stuff. Yes. Uh, there was another line that was made. It was a, there, there's called Colombian Superpowers, and it was basically a copycat line um, made. I mean, it's it's weird because it's like they 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 look way too nice to just to be bootlegs, but but at the same time they they don't seem to be totally licensed either. Um, they talk about this on Action Figure Insider. Um, you can see the cards there, and it, the the cards are a little smaller than the the American cards. They none of the characters come with their um, their accessories, um, and the figures themselves aren't jointed, so the legs are just straight, the arms are just straight, so they're they're not quite as as, as high quality. And the one thing that's that's a complete bewilderment is this line, the Colombian Superpowers line, had its had a figure exclusive to to itself. Um, there was a character called Captain Ray, and <laughs> if you go to actionfigureinsider.com slash archives, slash sp, slash capray.html, you can see him. And uh, you can see from the art, it's clearly a uh, repurposed, repurposed shot uh, of Superman by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Praise be his name. Uh, and, and this is just uh, – Captain Ray is, is not a character that was ever in comics. This is just their own version of some other sort of version of Superman. He's he's got like a dark blue tunic and he's got this sort of like lightning bolt insignia. Well, I've got some more information on this. Um, the company that produced these was uh, Gulliver Jaguetes, I guess is how you say it. They're headquartered in Brazil, and in 1987 is when they started producing them for Colombia under the Superpowers Collection and Superheroes Collections. And they did them on bilingual cards, so you got English and Spanish. And uh, you mentioned Captain Ray. <laughs> And there's an uh, – are called El Capitan Rayo. El Capitan Rayo. And then they produced – that's not the only – they produced another one, believe it or not. They produced two original ones. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I skipped over they, there. Yeah, go ahead. They produced the Abominable Snowman or Hombre de los Nieves. 
And uh, he looks – I don't know. He, he's a really cheap chunk of plastic is what he is. Um, he's got one, two, three, four, five, maybe six points of articulation, which is actually pretty good. But it looks basically like a really, 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 really cheap Hulk or really to be more exact, Solomon Grundy because his skin's white, but he's wearing like a gray shirt and gray pants. And the paint job doesn't even necessarily match up with where the mold was. <laughs> he's, he's got purple hair. White skin and, and and the gray on his pants though, like you can see where he's got like cut off pants like the Hulk, but the gray extends past that, and you can see his white feet. Uh, yeah, isn't this crazy looking? <laughs> it looks unfinished. I mean, right. it really does look like halfway through they're like, ah, just ship it out. And, but he's on an El Capitan Ray card. Weird. So, so you see El Capitan Ray in the background, but the but the figure is this gray body. Like I said, gray gray chest. Gray legs. Uh, the the paint goes past where the pants are supposed to stop. Wow! And it's just really terrible looking. It, 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 that is bewildering. So that was a that, so that was another one of the producers. Now there there are a bunch of other people that well there's a bunch of other international ones. Like for example, Kenner actually has a company called Kenner Products Canada Limited. They're headquartered in Toronto, and beginning in 1984, they produced a bunch of figures under that uh, called the Collection des Super Puissance. And I'm sure that just made uh, Ciscoid cringe. Um, they these did bilingual. These superpowers figures are much more polite. <laughs> and these were on bilingual cards, English and French. Uh, and they also distributed the same cards to uh, Australia and New Zealand. Then there are a consort. There's another group of people who shipped off to Europe. It was a consortium of four Western companies. It was Parker, Palatoy, Clipper, and General Mills Jogetes. <laughs> It's that same word as Gulliver. But anyway, they they manufactured the Superpowers collection and had printed them on trilingual cards. So you'd see <laughs> German, English, and Spanish. So And then uh, for a time, the General Mills line had their own distinctive cards for Spanish distribution. Then there's another company called Cuic S.A. of Argentina. Now, this is, this is interesting here. These are the ones that produce the Colección Super Amigos. Yes. Now, like as a... I always thought the Super Amigos line was the Mexican distribution of superpowers until Hector contacted us, and I really started looking into this. And as we said, that was um, that was the Super Poderas, and so the Super Amigos were actually in Argentina, right? And they were distributed by companies called uh, Pasapa and Playful, and they were most notable because they added the Riddler. They did, which is of course not in the lineup, right? Well, but I mean, the figure looks a little familiar. Tell me more. It's well. It's basically Green Lantern repainted. Oh, was it? Yeah, because he's you, uh, you can. Uh, yeah, he's basically just Green Lantern that they that they painted. Because I mean, and, and in fact, they said if you look close on the hand, you could even see the power ring. Oh, that's on his funny. hand. They just painted over it. But I mean, it's not a bad figure. I mean, it's weird on the card. They they took a, another shot of uh, of the Riddler by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Praise be his name. But it's it's clearly been um, – I'm sorry, the page I'm looking at, just anybody wants to follow along, is Action Figure Insider Archives SP Riddle.html. You see the card, and it's clearly a shot of the Riddler by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, but it's been redrawn. Like somebody traced over it. It's It's got his sort of body language, but it's clearly drawn by somebody else. And he's got purple boots, even though the figure one inch to his, to his right uh, does not have purple boots. So it's like they <laughs> not even really bother – to match the card. And then they also put Riddler out on a Joker card. So oh, funny. things are just real loose over there in the, <laughs> the uh, Pesipa factories. Goodness. 
I would have loved to have had this one, though. I mean, there's no reason why Riddler wasn't part of the line. Yeah, I mean, he was he was very well known from you know, his Batman TV show years, yeah, so everyone knew yeah. who he was. Better than the Penguin. Sorry, Jack, but better than the Whoa! Penguin. Whoa! <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, somebody's somebody's crying. Well, <laughs> we got a few. We got a few. We got a few Penguin fans. But just, we better watch out. But just on a basic level, though, when you think about that, that you know, it's cheaper to make these toys if you can repurpose the molds. The Riddler would have been cheaper to do than Penguin because Penguin had his yeah, own Penguin had his own mold because there's no other superhero character that's a big fat tub of goo like he is. So I mean, it it, <laughs> it just would have been <laughs> it would I, I'm, you know what I mean? It's just on their on on a pure basic dollars and cents level when they yep. were when they were making these figures, you would say, well, Riddler is probably just as famous as the Penguin. You know, I would argue they were they're equally famous. But Riddler would probably cost us a couple of cents less to make that figure, so why not make Riddler? So it, it's kind of sh- I would love to interview somebody from the Kenner, you know, the Kenner Superpowers line at the time and find out like how did you make these decisions? You know, when you went through these characters, I know DC had a lot to do with it, but you would think that DC would be like, yeah, Riddler, Penguin, what's the difference? <laughs> well, yeah, okay, I was going to say that, like in in regard to specifically Riddler um, being in this. You know, the, the Argentinian line, I don't know that anybody but the Argentina company had anything to do with that. Right, right. Yeah. Now, if you look at the Brazil line, sorry, I i don't know if you can hear this noise or not, but I'm like surrounded by a bad electrical storm right now. I'm just going to keep going. Shag until is I'm, about to get super speed powers. It's going to be great, guys. Either, either that or it's going to be the world's first snuff podcast. Um <laughs> So there was another company that produced the figures in Brazil called Estrella, uh, it, or Australia, or Estrella, I guess is how you Estrella, say. Estrella, I believe. They produced them in 1988 uh, under the Superpowers line. Now here's where there's something interesting. The, um, the series three figures. We've talked about Wave one, two, and three in the previous episode. The series three figures did not come with mini comics. No. But somewhere along the line, somebody contacted us and said there was a cyborg mini comic, which we found interesting. Turns out that these are where the mini comics for those came from. Even though the line the, in, in the United States, the third line did not have mini comics. In this case, down there, Estrella produced ones for Cyborg, Plastic Man, and Shazam. Yes, and if you look at the KennerSuperpowers.com Shazam page, you could see a, a big shot of the Shazam mini comic, and it doesn't. It looks like it's taken from like. C.C. Beck or Kurt Schaffenberger. Like, it totally doesn't look like any of the other comics. It's very interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah, you see the geese smashing Savannah and the Savannah's family. It's really interesting. Like, I wonder why they would bother, to, you know, make that effort. Huh. Interesting. Then let's see. We had uh, another brand in Uruguay called uh, Nibo, and they produced them starting in 1987, also under the Superpowers name. And that actually is all of the various international companies that had the sub-license from Kenner. Now, uh, you know, there's a huge, huge history of bootlegs. Oh, yeah. You know, especially in other countries. Yeah, I mean, I, I have uh, – the Aquamantron has posted lots of really pathetic Aquaman figures in little plastic baggies and the paint chips are – you know, the paint is falling off the face and he looks like he's melting at the guy from the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And they all have superpowers logos on them, but they're completely bootlegs. There was there's so many knockoffs that I don't even know I can get really get into it at this point. Uh, one of the other things uh, that is worth mentioning was that a lot of these figures, the molds were used again uh, by Toy Biz. 
Toy Biz got the license for DC Comics after Kenner lost it after the Superpowers figures. So they reused the molds and made their own line of DC Comics Superheroes figures. Unfortunately, that is really where the comparison stopped because the DC Comics Superheroes line is awful. They're awful figures. The plastic is cheaper. The, they rattle around more. Like if you held the figure like by its head and shook it a little, it goes, you know. Yeah, it does. It, they, they can't stand up on their own. And the molds, it said, even though they're based clearly off of the Kenner molds, they, they obviously fussed with them more. Because if you look at the Aquaman Toy Biz figure, he looks like it's John Goodman playing Aquaman. I was going to say, I had, I, well, I still do probably somewhere, that Toy Biz Aquaman figure. It's awful. And it's it, awful. It, it was really cheap. But I don't remember it, it, it looking as good as the, as the Superpowers one. Was that one done for, you said they, they fiddled with it, so it wasn't directly from the mold, you think? They must have, because some of the molds are very similar. Like the, Super, the Toy Biz Superman is pretty close to the Kenner Superman, Superpower Superman. And then the, the Toy Biz Wonder Woman looks pretty much like the Superpowers Wonder Woman. The Aquaman, though, is vastly different. The Flash is different. Batman has been completely retooled because by this point they were promoting the movie, so he's in all black. So there's the and, – and they did their Riddler. They did a Riddler. The Penguin looks almost the same. Uh, but then, then you get like a Luthor. The Luthor in the Toy Biz is completely a different figure. He's, he's reflecting the John Byrne version of Luthor, which is more the businessman as opposed to the guy in the suit. And uh, the Toy Biz line had Two-Face, which, of course, the Superpowers line never had. So it's like some of them are, are pretty close copies and others are vastly, vastly different. Except to say that the, the quality is much, much lower. The, the Aquaman figure is horrendous. It's just a horrendous figure. He's, he's just barrel-chested. Yes, I remember that. Now, now, something else I want to bring up real quick before we leave this piece is, uh, as I mentioned, Hector sent us some great information about the Super Poderas. And um, he also sent us a bunch of scans, by the way, yes, of did. some really cool different things of some of the mini comics in Spanish and some of the advertisements. And here's one thing I've noticed. Aquaman is advertised as Aquaman, which is A-C-U-A-M-A-N. Yes. Wouldn't it just be Aquaman? I don't understand. I don't. <laughs> I don't understand why it's why it's different. <laughs> it's really, really odd. So <laughs> anyway. So, uh, superpowers, you know, the, the toys were an international thing, guys. I mean, they went, they were great for us. They were big in other countries and the branding also was carried over into a lot of other countries as well. You know, not just the toys. I mean, as, as I've seen, I've seen tons of different, you know, well, we'll get into it when we get into other merchandise, but there's, there's a lot of stuff that was carried over with superpowers. So it was a real toy line juggernaut for Kenner at the time. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they they grabbed, they put that logo on everything. And in fact, to this day, I mean, like like two years ago, I found some school folders, like you know, like just for like your notebook, um, at at Target, and they have they're they're made up of collages of Jose Luis Garcia Lopez artwork, and yep. on, and on the back is the Superpowers logo. And this is two years ago, 2010. Yeah. So, I mean, like, 25 years later, they're still slapping the Superpowers logo on things. It's amazing. Yep. And we'll talk more about that when we get to the, the – we're going to talk a lot about miscellaneous stuff. But no Superpowers discussion would be complete without addressing the cartoons. Now, we're not going to talk for a terribly long time about this because, honestly, I would like to do a whole episode on the Superpowers cartoons at some point, personally. Uh, well, of course you would because it focused so heavily on Firestorm. 
as it should have. <laughs> um, the Super Friends in 1984, you know, Super Friends have been around since the 70s, have been around, you know, forever. They rebranded in 1984 as Super Friends, the legendary superpower show. And this was to tie in with the superpowers line. Now, oddly enough, they didn't use the superpowers logo. No, they didn't. But it was, you know, Super Friends, this legendary superpower show. And then the following season, they dropped the Super Friends name altogether and went with the Superpowers team, Galactic Guardians. Right. <laughs> so, you, you know, you got – this was 80 – like September of 84 is when the Super Friends Legendary Superpower Show launched. And it was the introduction of Firestorm to the Superpowers team or Super Friends team, which for me, you know, is a huge, huge deal. And it's funny, like, you know, it's funny how your kids – you know, like as a child, your memory plays tricks on you. Like, because to me, the Legendary Superpower Show – was around for like ever, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I when I was a kid, I used to th- I thought the Challenge of Super Friends ran for ten years, and it's right. Like, there's like twelve shows, right? There's eight <laughs> <laughs> of the legendary superpowers. Now, admittedly, each episode had two stories in it, so you got something like sixteen stories. But truthfully, it was just eight episodes. <laughs> so right, right. you know, all to, all told, it's four hours long. <laughs> That's it. When you put it like that, yeah. <laughs> it's a you it's just p- funny because to me it was like this massive thing. <laughs> you could you polish know? it off in an afternoon. Right, you know, sit down with a box of Girl Scout Thin Mints, and by the time you're done, <laughs> the cartoon's over. So That sounds like but, a good day. You know, it started off with the Bride of Dark Side. What's that? That sounds like a good day. It does. It started off with the Bride of Dark Side. And, and again, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but this really set up the whole season of being Dark Side was the main villain. Because throughout the entire season, well, there was a few deviations Pretty much the whole season was about the, the superpowers team battling Darkseid. Yes. You know, Darkseid was constantly coming to Earth, trying to fiddle-faddle around with, with Earth and take it over or make Wonder Woman his bride or <laughs> kill Superman or whatever he was trying to do that week. <sighs> and uh, and uh, so it was, you know, always Darkseid was definitely set up as their villain. This is also about the same time that this Wave 2 of the action figures was coming out. So, you know, in Wave 2, you got Darkseid, you got Calabac, you got... The Parademons, you got the Sod, you got Firestorm. So I mean, it was the line was really set up for that. Now it's interesting they didn't. It's interesting they didn't introduce more of the heroes. I mean, you didn't get Red Tornado or Green Arrow or Martian Manhunter in the cartoon. No, I guess you didn't. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, would have made more sense. But it was definitely you know obviously a tie with with the toy line. And then the subsequent year in 1985, you know they rebranded as the Galactic Guardians. And, and they made some big changes to the cartoon at this point. Now, I guess I should say with the legendary superpowers, I mean, they added Firestorm. But for the most part, it wasn't that different from the old Super Friends cartoons. When they got to Galactic Guardians, there were some distinct differences. The art style had changed. It was a much more um, almost cinematic you know, animation style. Well, like they, the they stopped using Alex Toth's classic character guides and they, i think they based a lot of the stuff off of jose luis garcia lopez if you look at some of the poses it's it's completely lifted from his stuff all right well that that would make sense like if you uh, one of the things that stands out for me is the opening credits on the galactic guardians like if you watch that the the line work and the painting and the coloring and everything it's really impressive it's kind of like watching i don't know a cartoon on tv and then watching snow white mm-hmm. like it makes you realize like oh this is how you animate a cartoon. Wow. You know, so that was kind of like what it was like when, when the Galactic Guardians opening credits started. It's like you've been watching for years, and then you're like, oh, this is how you do a cartoon. This is impressive. Now, the episodes were not as impressive because they were cranking them out, 
but still, the animation was better. In fact, there is one episode uh, that called The Fear. The Fear, yeah. Woof, with Scarecrow. And that was another example of just amazing animation. I mean, this this was sort of the, the prototype episode for Batman the Animated Series, I think. Yeah, I think it actually, I think it like officially was. They wanted to show what they could do with a a more slightly adult Batman cartoon. Yeah, it showed the origin of Batman. It had, you know, Batman dealing with his fears with Scarecrow. The animation was just really good. So um, the other big change with Galactic Guardians was they introduced Cyborg, who, you know, it took another 30 years, but now he's part of the Justice League as well. (laughs) Right. So, uh, voiced by Ernie Hudson of Ghostbusters fame, we should say. That's right. That's right. And the first episode, the Seeds of Doom. Um, well, you know, I'll just say that. Remember the first episode; it's called Seeds of Dooms, folks. We'll we'll mention it later. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. I really do think we probably do need to do a whole episode based on uh, of, of the Galactic Guardian show, even though Aquaman gets almost nothing to do. <laughs> he's, he's basically in every episode standing around playing cards with the other Justice Leaguers. While the trouble alert goes off, so but even, but even so, I still would want to cover the, cover the show. Well, I well, I actually mean today I'm going to talk about oh, okay. a little bit, okay. but but yes, I agree. I want to do a whole episode now. Um, as Rob said, Aquaman doesn't get much to do, but no, 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 he gets nothing to do. <laughs> he doesn't get much to do. He gets nothing to do. I think there's a shot of him swimming and getting a seat in Season Two. Yeah. Oh sure. boy, <laughs> that's something. He possibly saved the Earth. Uh huh. <laughs> I think it, I think it's reflected how little he's in the in it that when these were released on DVD uh, under the title The Superpowers Team Galactic Guardians, they redid they 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 got somebody to do a new painting for the DVD art, and you see there's a logo, and above the logo are five superhero heads: Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Robin, and Flash. Oh. Not they didn't even even though Aquaman was a member of the Super Friends for 15 years at that point when they came to do the DVDs they subbed Aquaman out for Flash which is weird because Flash is not even in the show that much but I yeah. think it reflects how little it makes no sense actually Firestorm really should be in there if they're trying to reflect you know who was on the show but I guess they're not I guess they were going for their what they presume is their five biggest characters but well, well they presume what's going to sell the box right exactly yeah. but poor 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 Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, Superpowers Galactic Guardians, as, as Rob was mentioning, Aquaman apparently had nothing to do, but they focused very heavily, both both Legend of Superpowers and Galactic Guardians focused very heavily on Firestorm, which is amazing. And so throughout each episode, they really tried to find things for Firestorm, and then the second season, they tried to find stuff for Firestorm and um, Cyborg. Now, Darkseid is not as much of a villain in Galactic Guardians. He's still around. I mean, there's probably, I don't know, uh, half of the episodes are about Dark Side, you know. Again, there's only eight. You know? <laughs> now the thing here is, these were not split into, for the most part, with the exception of a couple episodes. These were not split into two episodes. You actually got a full like thirty minute cartoon in this one. So, um, hey, El Dorado was in one of these. Yay! Oh yeah, that was a big. The Galactic Guardians was big on pushing the sort of, uh, you know, like the added characters. I mean, if you want to be a little crude, you can call them the ethnic characters, but, I mean, that's really why they were included. But, uh, like, on the on the bumpers and stuff, it, it shows the five superhero on the, for the um, the uh, the early 80s version of Super Friends, it shows them, and then you see, you know, you've got El Dorado, 
Black Falcon, Samurai, and Apache Chief all there. So they were they really wanted to focus on those guys, much to the uh, detriment of Flash and Green Lantern and Hawkman and the the others. Yeah, well, I mean, they could you know control them a little more and and make it look a little more PC. So yeah. now the, this cartoon also gave us uh, a Bizarro a team of the Galactic Guardians, including a Bizarro Firestorm, which was really cool for me. So I dug that. You know, you great. made it when there's a Bizarro version. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I got to admit. There's so much I could say about this cartoon. I, uh, I'll just say one last thing. In, in the legendary Superfire Friends, and again, I'm focused on Firestorm. Sorry, guys. Firestorm's hair is like a – it really looks – it's supposed to be flaming, but it really looks like a hard plastic mold. <laughs> like every time he flies around, it, the, the, the shape of the fire never changes. Yes. In, in legendary superpowers. Then once they got the Galactic Guardians, it actually moves. The hair actually was moving and, and flowing – Sort of like fire, more like long hair, but it, it, it moves. So that was a big exciting thing for me as a kid. I remember I was like, oh, Firestorm hair doesn't look like crap anymore. <laughs> but in reality, it still looked like crap. It just looked like less crap. <laughs> that first animator, they're like, hey, his hair is supposed to move all the time. The guy's like, hell no, it is. And you're like, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Toth's drawings has it like this, and that's how I'm doing it. He's like, dude, you're not paying me enough for me to constantly be drawing the flame moving back and forth. Right. So again, uh, both series only had eight episodes. Um, truthfully, each of them were over in two months. I mean, and they just kept rerunning them all year round. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, Galactic Guardian starts in September and was done by the first week of November. <laughs> it's so crazy because, again, to me, they just lasted. Yeah. Forever. Oh, I said when I grew up before, you know, any of the Super Friends stuff came to VHS or DVD or whatever, I was convinced that Challenge of the Super Friends ran – for 10 years. Right. You know, right. and then you look and you're like, no, there's like 11 of them. <laughs> That's it. That's, that's all they did. Here's something interesting. Apparently, it, there's an episode from Galactic Guardians with the Joker. Yes. And that is the only appearance of the Joker in the entire Super Friends franchise. Hmm. I never realized that. The more you know, kids, the more you know. So, uh, that is our very brief recap of the cartoon. We do, we, again, I think we, I think we need an episode on this. Yeah. Folks, you tell us. No, I agree. You, I agree. Like, I, if you think we need to do a whole Super Friends sort of retrospective episode, not just about these two runs, but I mean, I'm talking about going back to the original with Marvin and Wendy and challenge the Super Friends and all that. You, you let us know because uh, I think I would enjoy that very I much. I would too. Um, so, yes. What other stuff? What, what do we want to go to next? Next is the comic books. And I don't mean the mini comics. I'm talking about the three mini series that were published by right, DC, DC Comics. Comics right. uh, yeah, the uh, the first Superpower series uh, came out in 1994. It was just simply called when? Hmm. When? 1984. You said 94. Did I? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. 1984, of course. Um, yeah, 1994 would have been a little late. It was simply just called Superpowers. It was the plot was by Jack Kirby, the script by Joey Cavalieri. The art by Adrian Gonzalez and Pablo Marcus. Let's just get it over with right now. None of these comics are particularly great. Uh, I mean, clearly, you know, they were made um, as a, you know, as a, as a toy uh, to, to tie into the toys. But they're, they're, they're not bad to look at. They are art by Adrian Gonzalez and Pablo Marcus is nice. The thing that I am most upset about, the first, at least particularly the first Superpower series, and I will never totally forgive... I guess Joey Cavalieri for this 
is at the end of issue number three of the first Superpower series, Superman is turned into a caveman. He's turned into a big cave Superman. And it ends with him about to attack his fellow Justice Leaguers. And he's lean. And so issue four opens with him looming over Aquaman. And he grabs Aquaman by the shoulder. And Aquaman yells out like a little girl, No! He's got me! His hands, like vices, can't... Arg! <laughs> it is one of the most humiliating moments for Aquaman ever. And it follows up with Green Lantern saving Aquaman by going, Hang on, Aquaman! Help is on the way! And he manages to produce this glop of oil, which allows Aquaman to slip through Aquaman, slip through Superman's fingers, and then Aquaman, there's a shot of Aquaman looking like he's running away. It is just, I, I mean, look, I, I guess I could blame the late, great Jack Kirby because he wrote the plot, but it was Cavalieri that wrote that dialogue. <laughs> I mean, you could have had Superman grab Aquaman and have Aquaman, you know, yell out in pain. But it was Cavalieri who chose to write him yelling and screaming for his life uh, as if he was just a regular citizen. So I, I will never totally forgive Joey Cavalieri for that. That is freaking hysterical. It is. That is so funny. That is horrible. That is when I was a kid. I, I bought the Superpower series when I was a kid because I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's all these characters together. Sure, why not? And I got to that moment, and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> well, the uh, the overall plot of that first Superpowers miniseries that went five issues was uh, Darkseid, he, he created this series of powerful minions, and they went around and shared their power with the, the big baddies, the, the bad guys of the Superpowers universe of on Earth. And then those guys, those bad, so we're talking, you know, Joker, um, Brainiac, Penguin and Luthor. Lex Luthor, yeah, Luthor then went around sort of terrorizing the heroes. And it was all about the heroes trying to catch them and figure out what was going on. I'll tell you, I I tried to reread this series recently in preparation for this episode. <laughs> what commitment? It is it it I didn't finish. <laughs> <laughs> I That's got the commitment issue, we bring to this three. show, folks. What's that? <laughs> That's the commitment we bring to this show, folks. Not a hell of it. <laughs> no, no, dude. I'm sorry. I the I have a lot of commitment for reading all the way through the first three issues. That well, was a hell of commitment. Trust how me. you look at it. Yeah. <laughs> they. I mean, I remembered as a kid not liking this miniseries very much. Um, uh, and then reading it as an adult, I was just like, oh, this is no, no. Even even in like the world of you know kitschy sort of fun retro comics, no. no. <laughs> yeah. That I, it's tough to, they're tough to take. They're tough to now take. That, I'm, and I'm specifically talking about the, the first, first miniseries series. at right, this point. Right, 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 right. Uh, which, by the way, came out about the same time as Secret Wars. So for me, as a Marvel guy at this point in my life, I would look over there reading my Secret Wars and, and loving that, look over and go, superpowers? Oh, my gosh. DC is trying to rip off Secret Wars. Oh. Even though superpowers had long been in the pipeline, obviously, uh, I was convinced they were trying to rip off uh, Secret Wars. No, so, it's, ir- it's ironic when you think about that. Uh, I mean, in my opinion, the Secret Wars toys were vastly inferior to the Superpowers toys. And yet the Superpowers series is vastly inferior to the Secret Wars series. So, yeah. so Marvel got the comic right. DC got the toys right. Well, I, we talked about this a little bit, I think, on the previous episode where, you know, Secret Wars, the core of the Secret Wars brand was the comics. Right. 
Whereas the core of the Superpowers brand was the was the action figures. Right, right. So then we get into Superpowers, the second miniseries, another five issue series. It came out the, 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 year, the next year, nineteen eighty five. Yep, uh, written by Paul Kupperberg. Yay. This one is actually penciled by Jack Kirby. And inked by Greg Feaston. Yep, and uh, apparently Bill Ray did some inks too, if I'm, if I'm reading this right on Comic Book DB. Okay. Now, this is actually, and I know you've got some stuff to talk about this one, but I'm, I'm going to give my little story here. This was, this comic helped get me into DC Comics. I, mean, I, I think I've told you before that, like, the first time I really, I had been reading Firestorm ever since uh, he first appeared on the Superpowers cartoon. So that'd be September 84. Well, I, I still wasn't, other than the Firestorm comic, I really wasn't into DC Comics at this point. It was Crisis on Infinite Earths, which really dove me in. But, you know, consi- at the same time I was reading Crisis, I picked up this Superpowers miniseries. Not the first one, but the second one. Because I knew Firestorm was in it. So here I'm dealing, you know, I'm reading Jack Kirby art. I'm seeing Firestorm. I'm seeing uh, Dr. Fate. I mean, I absolutely loved this. This comic, to me was awesome. And the storyline here was that Darkseid, you know, was attacking the Earth, obviously. But he had planted these seeds of destruction around the Earth that were going to turn Earth into a new apocalypse. Which, by the way, remember I kept saying earlier, remember Seeds of Doom from the Galactic Guardians cartoon? Uh, yeah, I guess Seeds of Doom. It was sort of an adaptation of this mm-hmm. comic. Um, so, I loved the art. The coloring, especially, by the way, in this miniseries was very good. Joe, Oh, Joey Orlando was the colorist? Wow. Well, again, that's according to Comic Book DB. So, and uh, it, it was funny, you know. And I think I've told this story too. I apologize, but I was reading the comic. I was reading Crisis on Infinite Earths and Superpowers at the same time. And Doctor Fate was hanging out with the Superpowers team, right? And I'm like, no, 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 Doctor Fate's of Earth too. How can this be? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I would sit down with my Crisis on Infinite Earths and write down like every character and label them by which Earth they were in. <laughs> That's how I – because, I mean, that's the only way I can keep track of it. I love picturing Little Shag making all these notes in your little Trapper Keeper about what planet everybody's on. It just charms me. Well, I, the Legion notes – I don't even want – I'll tell you about my Legion notes someday if I haven't already. But, yeah, the Crisis notes were like that. I mean, I had columns. Column for Earth 1, column for Earth 2, column for Earth S. All that. I would write every character in, good guy or bad guy. And I knew Dr. Fate was in the Earth 2 column. So it just – it made my brain hurt. <laughs> Like, I kept thinking, I'm like, well, surely they're going to explain how Dr. Fate came from Earth. Hell no. <laughs> but no, no, no explanation was, was forthcoming. Now, give it a few months and Crisis wrapped up and, you know, it all kind of makes sense in retrospect, I suppose. But I don't think that's what they were shooting for at the time. I think they were just trying to sell some toys. Yeah, they just, they just didn't care. Um, one of the things that's interesting I, about the Superpowers series drawn by Jack Kirby is look, you know, by everybody's admission, Jack Kirby in the mid '80s in comics was definitely, you know, kind of past his heyday. Um, I don't allege that he had lost any of his skills. I don't think that he did. I just think he just didn't bring the same level of passion to it that he did, which makes sense. I mean, good lord, he'd been in the industry for forty years at that point. But I think uh, if you look at this series with a with a fair eye. The stuff that takes place entirely on Apocalypse or involves just Darkseid and, and his and sort of Kirby's characters, I think it looks fantastic. I think stuff is gorgeous. I think it falls a little when the superheroes are introduced. Wonder Woman looks kind of wonky and some of the anatomy of the heroes is a little strange. And I almost think that it's like Kirby just just didn't wasn't as into it as drawing, you know, for drawing Red Tornado and Hawkman or Flash or whatever. But when he was drawing Darkseid and Decide, then he was super into it. So 
I think it's a really kind of handsome looking series, and I think it looks better than, than than the other book. Although I like the other book's art as well, but I think it has a really sort of dynamic look to it, and of course it fits because the story is so centric uh, centric about the apocalypse. Well, I, I think it's the best of the three miniseries, without a doubt, and um, I, and I agree with you. The art was really sharp. Like, I mean. I, I don't fault the superhero stuff as much as you're saying because I – and maybe it's just because of one of the age I read it. I think the whole book looks great. In fact, issue three always sticks out in my mind because they were on Easter Island. And as a kid, I guess I had just learned about Easter Island or something. So I was like so fascinated that the, you know, the heads on Easter Island could be alive. You know, it was just <laughs> – oh, it was so cool. Like if you look at uh, – I guess we'll post this on the Tumblr feed. If you look at Superpowers, the second series, number one – uh, and then you look at page four. It's a four-page, four-panel page of Darkseid falling through, uh, smashing through the, the floor, and landing in this sewer. Uh, and he's walking through this water. It is that is a gorgeous page. It is brilliantly conceived, brilliantly inked, and you know, and executed, and brilliantly colored. I mean, it is gorgeous. So, so there, you know, it is a really nice-looking series. You know, I haven't. I part of the reason I was rereading the Superpowers comics is, is I was excited about reading the second series. Which I did not get around to yet, which I probably am going to now. Like right now, I like kind of want to hang up on you and go read them right now. But do they don't they reference the Hunger Dogs in this? I think so. I can't remember because I think Darkseid falling in the sewer is because he's been deposed from I, the Hunger Dogs. I think you're right. Yeah, and because Hunger Dogs came out right around this time. So yeah. Um, now this was written by Paul Cooperberg. He's a or is it Cooperberg or Cooperberg? Cooperberg. And he's a he's a friend of the Shrine, right? He is a friend of yes, he's a friend of the Shrine, a friend of mine. He's a wonderful guy, absolutely wonderful guy. And I, I asked him a couple of things. Um, we maybe want to, might want to jump ahead. I, let me. I guess we should mention the um, third series as well, because we uh, the couple of things I asked him in, involved the third series. Um, so there was uh, you know Superpowers Volume Three, which came out the year after that. Now this was shorter. Yeah, this was only four issues. The other ones are uh, the other one was six. Uh, this is only four. And this was drawn not by um, Jack Kirby, but drawn by uh, Carmen Infantino, uh, which I don't think, you know, okay. Um, <laughs> it's, it's drawn by Carmen Infantino <laughs> and inked by Pablo Marcus. Uh, once again, Joe Orlando is the colorist. Um, I don't think it's quite as sharp looking as the Kirby. This one, uh, now this is based on the third wave of action figures. Right. So you get Tear, you get Cyborg, you get Mr. Freeze. Cyclotron. He's in there. Did, did, did Golden Pharaoh make it in the cartoon? Yes. Yeah, the comic? Yeah, yes. He's he did. In he's in here somewhere. Mr. Miracle, Plastic Man, Shazam. Um, I'm flipping through these real quick. Firestorm, of course, was in it too. Thank goodness for that. And uh, now, th- you know, oddly enough, this comic came out after the cartoon was over. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Cartoon was off the air at this point. All right. So, um, you know, uh, Shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. You know what? You've got some Kupperberg stuff to say, yeah, so right? Yeah, I, 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 uh, I asked Paul a couple of questions about writing the Superpowers line, and Paul is always uh, very open. has a couple things just about writing the Superpowers series. First question I asked him was how much interference or even contact did he have with Kenner when he was writing these books? And this was his response. Quote, I didn't have any direct dealings with Kenner while I was working on the project. I only dealt with the editors at DC, Andy Helfer, 1985 series, and Joe Orlando and Barry Marks, 1986 series. I don't recall any of them ever mentioning any interaction with Kenner or that they raised any objections to anything. Frankly, I'd be surprised if there was much, if any, of an approval process with Kenner on the Superpowers comics. The characters mostly belonged to DC, and the rest were pretty much left, us, less, left up to us to develop. 
So I doubt Kenner cared about the comics much beyond the fact that they were being published. And then I also asked them about uh, what it was like, or was it difficult, or what was the process to writing the new characters? Because, I mean, you know, he had to write Cyclotron and Golden Pharaoh, uh, which were not, you know, DC characters. So it was like, you know, did, did they give, I asked him basically, did they give you anything other than this is what these characters can do? And he said, as I recall, quote, as I recall, all I had to work on with the Kenner-created characters was the figure and their powers, as well as whatever had been done with them in the first miniseries in 1984 by Kirby. Now, of course, talking about some of these characters, they didn't appear at all. Characterization wasn't exactly Jack Strong's suit, but then these stories were A, too jam-packed with players to get into much characterization to begin with, and B, the stories were about the action and selling toys, not the interpersonal dramas. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, the Kenner didn't, uh, didn't, didn't come with uh, – Brainiac didn't come with interpersonal drama action. Um, right. <laughs> and then the other thing specifically I asked him about in book three of the third Superpower series, they introduce a new character, Janice, who is a superhero. And he's got this uh, – he kind of looks like the Sloman Shield guy. Uh, he's got this big-winged helmet, and he's got a shield, and he's got classic superhero colors, red, blue, and yellow. Now we learn – spoiler alert – that Janice is, in fact, actually dark side. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, posing. Uh, but, but nevertheless, you know, for a little while, Janice looks like he is a brand new superhero. And I always wondered, you know, why is, like, who created Janice? Was, was Janice a Kenner thing that they asked them to work in, or was it Paul? And this was, this was Paul's response to that. Quote, I don't think Janice was intended as an addition to the toy line, but 25 years later, I can't be sure. Although if I had created Janice for that purpose, I'd have some sort of creator equity agreement with DC or Kenner, which I don't. Of course, that's if I created him at all. For all I remember, Janice may have been a Kenner-created character intended for a next but never produced wave that I picked up and used in the mini. Uh, although, it's, uh, he says, although a quick bit of research shows no mention of a Janice in the planned unproduced figures. So I would have to – Paul's – as he says, his memory is faulting him, is uh, failing him here. I'm going to have to guess – that Janice was was Paul's creation because if it was a Kenner creation, he absolutely would have been part of that fourth line. I mean, good lord, that fourth wave—they were digging into the you know the, the the vault of DC Comics to come up with characters. Right. Um, so I mean, I can't believe that if they created Janice, they wouldn't have planned for a Janice action figure, even though Janice is, is of course secretly Darkseid. So I'm gonna now, I'm gonna assume that it, that was Paul's creation. It perplexed me for years because I read these series as they came out. And I, I remember thinking, you know, why there's no Janice action figure. And the way the story ends, Darkseid is not, like, revealed to the heroes as a bad guy. Right. I mean, he's still, like, hanging out with them at the end of the story <laughs> as if he, he's going to, you know, infiltrate um, Apocalypse and get back his throne. It's kind of how the story ends. So you're, you're thinking, uh-oh, you know, there's going to be another story here somewhere. Well, <laughs> no, no, there isn't. No, no, no. Not how that's going to play out. Um I, again, for me, I would have to say that my favorite was the second miniseries. Yeah, I, it, I would argue that's that's the case. It was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm actually kind of itching to get back to it now because uh, just to give it another try because it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 like I said, in, as you as Shag mentioned, in, in, in contrast to Secret Wars, Secret Wars was designed as a comic series first, and then it became a toy line. So Secret Wars obviously had, uh, you know, some pretty long-lasting effects in the Marvel Universe, while the Superpowers storyline was, you know, meant exclusively just to be this sort of basically a comic book version of the Super Friends. It had no bearing on anything that was going on in the in the comics or anything like that. So, and by the time you get to the third series, there's so many characters 
that are lumped in, although some of the other char- some of the original superpowers characters aren't even appearing at all. Like Aquaman doesn't even appear in the third series. Um, but but but, huh. but it's, yeah, by the time you get to the third series, there's just so many people they're trying to work in. They got Cyclotron and Orion and Mister Freeze and Tear and Steppenwolf and Cyber. You know, it's it's kind of so. I would argue um, uh, that you know I agree that the second series is best and that the artwork is really good. The story is interesting and it's got enough characters to, to make it kind of fun and diverse to see Firestorm and Doctor Fate and Martian Manhunter. Um, but it but it's before series three where it just gets completely out of hand. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, well, actually, Rob, you wanna you wanna go to break for a moment, for a bit? Yeah, actually, we've been talking forever, so we're gonna take a little break. Uh, we're gonna listen to the theme from the legendary superpower show Galactic Guardians because Shag loves it so much. I do. I totally do. So we're gonna listen to that, and then we're gonna go back, and we're gonna continue our talking about superpowers. Woo! It's so awesome. So, by the way, folks, I, we should have mentioned in the other half of the show, I forgot to say, you know, the, the cartoons we talked about, uh, Legend of Superpowers, uh, Superpowers Team, and the Galactic Guardians are both available on DVD. Um, you know, you can get them if, I don't know if they're, I mean, I don't know if they're currently being issued, like you're going to find them in Target or something. But if you go on Amazon, I'm sure you will find them. And uh, the, the comic books, you know, you can certainly find those through, you know, local comic book shops or online retailers. You will be able to pick up those older comics. And I, I recommend you give a shot to that second series of superpowers. Um, sorry, the lightning's getting closer, guys. Like, this is gonna, a lot closer. This is going to be awesome, everybody. We're going to get to hear Shag's last transmission. This is going to be fantastic. <laughs> of course, not with my family. It's talking about 30-year-old toys <laughs> <laughs> i regret nothing uh, dr fate uh. <laughs> if you only had a cape <laughs> uh, you know now as the superpowers line you know the toys and the cartoons were probably the things most people know but this was a hardcore brand i mean they had tons and tons and tons of other merchandise out there with the superpowers brand on it in fact, one of the things they did, speaking of cartoons, they took the old filmation cartoons from like yeah. 1966, <laughs> from 1966, repackaged them on VHS. Yes. Slap a superpowers label on them. And they did one for Superman, 
Batman, Superboy, and Aquaman. Yes, they did. And there, there, there was even a, a giant – I have a picture of it on the shrine – a giant display for video stores, like a cutout display, and it was like five feet high of the four superheroes all doing like the, you know, yay team thing. Uh, yeah. together and it's yeah i mean they 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 really made it a they did a big marketing push i worked at a video store in the very early 90s and we had those tapes and uh i used to play them on the store monitors all the time especially the aquaman one of course i remember that display it was always so weird for me because you know superboy was, was both was superboy and superman in the display yeah 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 it's the four of them together you're like hey how you doing buddy <laughs> it's, it's the same guy yeah <laughs> Now, I actually purchased the Superboy and Aquaman tapes, and I still have them somewhere in my house. Yeah, I have the Aquaman. I have the Aquaman one somewhere, even though, of course, I have them on DVD at this point. Now, it, it's sad that you know they didn't reproduce the other cartoons, you know, the Hawkman or the Atom or Green Lantern or Flash, and you know, under like a Justice League banner or something. Well, they really but, didn't have those those guys in their own cartoons. Well, they did. No, Green Lantern had like two episodes, and Hawkman had like two episodes, and Adam well, had two they, episodes. Yeah, I get, I guess. The Titans so, yeah. and the Justice. League. Yeah, now, they eventually made them. The, those filmation ones did make it to DVD. They did. Uh, a couple, yeah, a couple years ago. I've got it. No, I said right. yeah, they did. Yeah, I'm oh, agreeing. I thought it was more yes. a question. Okay. Now, here's the part of the show. I'm looking at a bulleted list. Tell me you heard that. I did hear that. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk fast, people. <laughs> yeah. Death is approaching. Exactly. I'm looking at a bulleted list that's like two pages long of different types of products yeah, that had the superpowers label yeah, on it. Yeah, there is no way we can go through all of it. There's just way too much. But uh, if you go to um, either Firestorm Fan or AquamanTrine.com, there are links for superpowers for both of us, both sites. And it can, you can see all the posts that we've done um, over the years um, with some of the superpower stuff. Um, I, I, I got to name some of the stuff that they won't find there. They're right. just crazy. Sleeping bags and nut and fruit mixes, wind socks, you know, gym bags. There was a Burger King – I don't want to say Happy Meals because Burger King doesn't have Happy Meals, but there were Burger King meals. Yeah, uh, cup holders and meal packs were there, part of this. There was uh, uh, cufflinks. There were Superman, Batman cufflinks. It's crazy. Uh, temporary tattoos. They had card games. They had those like joined wall figures, you know, that were like they they're large and they had bracketed elbows and knees and stuff. Mm-hmm. They had wristwatches. They had soap, model kits, drinking glasses. Well, about the model kits, talking about repurposing. Yeah. Those model kits are just repurposed Aurora model kits from the '60s. Are they really? Well, yes, because uh, if okay. you if you um, go again to actionfigureinsider.com and look at the superpowers page and go to model kits. You see a picture, and the Superman model is Superman breaking, breaking through a brick wall and Batman hanging off a uh, like rotted tree, throwing his batarang. I had that model when I was a kid in the 70s. Oh, wow. So these are all just repurposed model kits, and they just slapped Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, his name, artwork on the box with the logo, and you know then they were done. How wild. You know, one of the ones I want to take a second to talk about was uh, produced by IJE. Kidvid Productions. <laughs> they produce these see and read books for superpowers under the kid stuff line. Um, there was Battle at the Earth's Core. There was Dark Side of the Moon. Dark Side of the Moon. Very clever. That's hysterical. And the Battle for Apocalypse. And they, they came with a picture book and an audio cassette. I really want to like, find those. Or like a vinyl record. And some of them actually had a VHS tape. Yes. Yeah. These were great. Now, the, the Dark Side of the Moon one... Uh, I want to talk about it for a second because 
I actually I, I've I've gotten some research of this one. Like I have some scans. It's up on Firestorm Fan, but got some scans of the pages. And they're just awesome. I mean, it's got Firestorm <laughs> in it. This was clearly during the second wave. Because Firestorm's in it. Doctor Fate's in it. Then they've got some of the classic ones. Oh, Red Tornado as well. But you get Superman and Flash and Green Lantern as well. And uh, you know, Dark Side's there with Calabac. I'm sorry, with um, Steppenwolf and Mantis. And they've like trapped a bunch of astronauts. And the Superpowers team's coming to save them. And oh, it's just so trippy and wild. And there used to be. They're not, they're, I don't know where they are now, but I'm. I'm YouTube, somebody had posted quite a few videos from the, the VHS tape. Oh, that's awesome. God, God but bless you, <laughs> they, They've been pulled down. Now. Oh. Else, well, at least that those particular scenes, they're probably out there somewhere else. You know, that's but, ridiculous. Like, 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 whoever owns that is going to do anything with it. Come on. Well, more likely the thing, more likely the guy got his account canceled for some other reason. But the, the story was written by Andy Helfer. Right. And, and the art in the book that you flip through was drawn by Alex Saviak and Mike Manley, which is pretty freaking cool. So, and what they would do with the VHS tape was it would just be pictures of the book. So, so I'm sorry, you, so you could buy it in either like a vinyl or tape with the book, or you just buy the VHS tape by itself. So, the VHS tape they would just ta- pan the camera along the images in the book to create a sense of motion. So it was sort of like those 1960s Marvel cartoons where they would just take a static image and move it across the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not fully animated, but still sort of fun. Uh, another thing I love about the Superpowers brand is that they branded characters that weren't even part of the line. There was a series of Choose Your Own Adventure books starring Supergirl. And they're, oh, yeah. they're Superpowers Supergirl books, even though she was never part of the Superpowers line. Mm-hmm. So they just that they, they you know that logo they just could not do enough with it. There was a um, uh, kind of going back to the figures a little bit. There was a superpowers collector's case, which came with um, little mini one four five panel origins of all the characters on the inside panels. What? Yes. How cool! You go to actionfigureinsider.com archives sp image uh, sp. Uh, merchandise, and you go carrying case for figures, and you see it was like a ah. little, a little vinyl case, and it opened up, and it had compartments for all the characters. Now, of course, they had to build different size compartments because some of the figures were wider than others. Hawkman's not going to fit in Joker slot, as it were, but it also had room for the mini comics. It had um, cover art by Dick Giordano, which is very nice, and it said it had uh, this this panel which with all the characters getting their little origins in little five page. Uh, Five panel chunks. Very, very That's nice. awesome. Yes, very nice. There was Underoos, of course. There was, yeah. um, which I think was around like the end of that line. Like Underoos kind of stopped being made at that point. There was a lunchbox. Yeah, absolutely. Only, only featured the big four, which is very frustrating to me. Um, you know, you know what was kind of neat was the, the role playing game from DC was coming out about this time, and it was Mayfair Games and, and you know DC Comics. But they a lot of the advertising they would slap the Superpowers logo onto. Right, right. And so, uh, for me, as a role-playing fan, it was kind of cool to see the Superpowers logo on there. Now, one thing I'm, I, I'm, I'm reading from a list here. One of the things I'm trying to remember, there's, there's these paintable figures, and I'm wondering if it's what I'm thinking is. I don't know, I can't find a link to it. Oh, well. They did, a, they did have a series of paintable figures, which I'm assuming were the ones probably for the role-playing game, actually. Mm-hmm. They probably just carried the Superpowers logo on there. But you get birthday party supplies. I mean, you featured some of the birthday party supplies on your website before. Yes. Yeah, there was yeah, and it said a lot of that was repurposed artwork, but just the new logo slapped on top of it. Sure, so. sure. <laughs> um, there was a uh, uh, the Kenner Superpowers dot com site has a promotional comic book that was given out at a toy fair, 
and it's got the superpowers logo on it, and it's got all the heroes on it. Uh, well, not all, but a chunk of them. And it uh, basically gives people like a guided tour of all the products they could buy at the toy fair that were related to superpowers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's that's cool. I tell you, there's a couple other things like I've never seen, but I would like. There's a pair of galoshes. <laughs> I like so want that. You know, there's slippers. I would totally own. Like, I guess I'm focused on my feet. Uh, I'd love slippers as well. I would love that. I'd wear them around the house. You know, they they have shoes too. There were some shoes I wanted to see. There were uh, sneakers. I want. I'd love to have superpower sneakers. That would totally rock. So, <laughs> there was something called a skyscraper game which uh, you made like a little cardboard city that you constructed. It was all out of paper, and it came with little pieces. Uh, the pictures are kind of hard to see. It's got, you see Superman and Luthor with uh, Batman, Robin, and Wonder Woman just sort of standing off to the side watching it. I'm not exactly sure what this game is. Uh, I, guess, I guess it's some sort of like, you know, like a, it, the pieces come with, a, like, a, like it was a Monopoly, comes with like a little standee and had little cards. You see Green Lantern pictured in, in one of the shots, but I've never seen this game for sale anywhere. I, hmm. I, the only picture I've ever seen of it is, is on this action figure insider.com site. Um, there, there was a Superman game too that they had sort of packaged with the, the superpowers labels for a while. Now we were talking about action figures a minute ago. One of the things I, we, I meant to mention earlier, I forgot the Canadian shell. Gasoline oh, I was going to get to that. I was going to say probably the single oddest tie in ever. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was it was Canadian Shell gas stations. If you got to fill up, basically, for like a, a, a very small amount of money. Here, I've got the sign. I think you sent it to me. Dollar ninety nine. Now that's Canadian, so who knows what that translated to? Um, you could buy one of eight Superpowers action figures, and this was clearly during Series Two, because five of the characters are from Series One, and three of them are from Series Two. You get Robin, Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, but then you get Martian Manhunter, Red Tornado, and Firestorm. <laughs> completely oh, bewildering. A completely bewildering idea. And well, they- I love it. It's actually advertised as another shell Christmas stocking stuffer. I guess they just felt like they had to compete with the Hess truck. You know, I guess that kids so. wanted for Christmas. The strangest thing. And according according to uh, KennerSuperpowers.com, they came on their own cards, their own specially made cards. I wonder if those are the small carded figures because I've mm-hmm. seen Superpowers figures on these like small cards. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what the heck are those? I bet, they had to be. I mean, they had Must to be. Must be. That is, yeah, that is totally bizarre. And you can see on, on KennerSuperpowers.com the flyer. And it says now everyone can have a super, every, everyone can have the superpowers collection just by filling up a participating shell outlet. And then you see the eight characters that Shag mentioned. There were Don and on each, and it came with a little coupon. Get your superpower action figure free. What a bizarre I, that is bewildering. It's utterly bewildering. What a tie-in. Now speaking of other weird tie-ins, now Canada apparently you crazy Canucks Ciscoid had some neat tie-ins here because you had another one. Canada's Canada. Fancy Superman French fries <laughs> featured in a mail-in offer for a Clark Kent action figure and a sweepstakes to win the figure, win a figure from the line. It's strange. That's all I know about it. <laughs> now there was another company, um, a 1984. There was a there was a 1984 consumer pr- promotions catalog, and in it they said the Superman peanut butter was going to offer coupons for action figures. The Supermobile, the Lexor 7, the Batmobile, but apparently they never um, materialized. Aw. 
I tell you, what I never it? ate Superman. I never ate Superman peanut butter. That was such a strange branding, also. That was know? odd. Yes, that was. Very, <laughs> I used to get that. I used to beg my mom for that. Please get Superman peanut butter. I'm did sure, you really? <laughs> oh, I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure it tastes better than regular peanut butter. Um, one of the odder little bits, and I guess this probably falls outside the miscellaneous category, which is what we were covering. But I, I don't want to end the show before we get to it. Um, I got sent. Something from a phone member named Ray DeForest. He's one of the one of the great phone members because he's always sending me stuff. Um, and he has a he collects original art. His his original art collection is unbelievable. He's got original everybody. Like you name an artist, he's got an original cover from them. I really want to break into his house sometime. Um, nice. He has a. I've told him that. I'm like Ray. When are you not home? Uh, he <laughs> sent me. He sent me a scan of a piece of Superpowers concept art. And it features a set of goggles and flippers for Aquaman. And apparently they're supposed to go on the Aquaman action figure. Now why he needs goggles or flippers, I don't know. And why they even made them, I don't know, because they never appeared on any figure or anything. But but nevertheless, they exist because I'm looking right at them. I've I've seen that art on your site. Now, let me ask you, I always interpreted it differently. Now, if he's got... You know the scoop on it. Then I'm just you know hypothesizing for no reason. But it strikes me that that was always more of a promotional card for suggested tie-in merchandise. Oh, I see. Like they were for life size for for, for kids. kids. I see. You could buy a mask and fins, and it would be like Firestorm. I mean, it would be Aquaman. Because I mean, you you get that a lot. There's a lot of merchandise that people will propose that just don't don't make it. You know, the, the, one of the famous examples, and I can't—I honestly cannot remember whether this was fake or for real, but was a uh, Death Star grill. Yeah, because <laughs> you would roll the top back and you grill out your steaks you know, inside of it. You know, now that you say it, that makes a lot more sense. Because why? You know, why would they even sell those accessories like that? So I bet you're right. I bet you they were saying to some company that had that made scuba gear. Hey, you know, you could sell flippers and make them orange and slap a superpowered logo on it and make a buck. So yeah. I, that makes a lot more sense. Now, I I want, and I I've never I don't know if you've seen pictures of the Play-Doh set. I would yes. die. Uh, yes. What what's in it? Like, is it super cool? Oh, uh, I've only seen the box. Um, you see Superman and Wonder Woman playing with their little Play-Doh figures. Um, it's really and there's a there's a mold for a Batmobile. You can make a Play-Doh Batmobile. Oh. And for, it's hard to see. You can see that there are there are six molds. Now, well, three molds with two characters each. One of them is looks like Superman. The other one looks like Wonder Woman. One looks like Joker. Uh, I'm going to assume the other ones that I can't make out are Batman and Robin. I think that's a safe bet that those are the um, those are the characters. But yeah, there was a Play-Doh set. Yeah, this thing was monstrous. How big a hit this! Oh was. yeah, I'm trying to look at the other. Um... You know, there's some 3D puffy stickers, and I'm a sucker for 1980s puffy stickers, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> Love me some puffy stickers. There was the Superpowers. I always thought this was weird. Anti-coloring book. And that I know is you've a run weird some pictures item. Of, yeah. You've run some pictures on it. Now, I, there was no clear description why it's called the anti-coloring book, but I have to assume it's because so much of the page was blank, you would draw your own stuff. Yes. Rather than coloring a, you know, a def- predefined image. Right. You know, half the like a quarter of the page would have you know a stock Aquaman shot, and he said something. He was thinking something to the effect of like, you know, I, amazing sea creatures I've discovered. And so the theory was you would draw your own sea creatures. <laughs> yeah, that is it is an odd. It is an odd item. Uh, related to that, I, uh, speaking of odd, there is a superpowers coloring and activity fun book 
starring the Joker entirely. <laughs> just him. Just him by himself. Oh, that's funny. I'm, but moms and dads, I would worry if your child wants to buy that. Right. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> now, there was also the Give a Show projector. Yes. Which was, a pretty, yes. which was pretty cool. Now, did you have one of those growing no, up? Or? No, no, no. I never had it. The only time I've okay. ever seen it is the pictures people sent me. I posted a couple of pictures of the, the shrine and the, the 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 slides that you ran through a projector and projected on the wall were slides from the mini comics. Oh, they were for, oh, I didn't realize that there were mini comic slides. Ah. Yeah, the, the panels that you run through the projector, which you then shot onto your wall and looked at, were just from the mini comics. They were just the same stories. That's pretty cool. Yeah, because the the one scan that the former John Knudsen sent me was a thing of. Batman and Aquaman apprehending the Joker, and it's from the Batman mini comic. So. Oh yeah, I see it now. I'm looking right here at your site. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. yep. It's uh, AquamanShrine.com, by the way, folks. Yes. Thank if, you, if, if you scroll down to the right-hand panel, there is a uh, a, a button you can click. It says Superpowers. Yes, and so. a logo for Superpowers. You can see everything that we're, we're looking at, including the mini comics. Uh, you know, we kind of covered them a little bit in the other show, I believe. But let me, did we cover them in the other show? <laughs> I think we did. I don't know if we did. <laughs> we must have. Did we? I don't know. I don't think we did. Uh, they deserve a little bit of mention in case we didn't. It's, it's a matter of research. Oh, jeez. Um, if we didn't, we're bad. Yeah. Anyway. They're awesome. Yes. Yeah, of course. Uh, the, the original line of figures, the first two sets, uh, Wave 1 and Wave 2, came with mini-comics, which each character, uh, whatever character you know was, was being featured, got his own mini-comic. So they had, you know, like Mantis got his own mini comic, Red Tornado got his own mini comic, Aquaman, everybody. Um, the Aquaman mini comic is again not one of his greater moments because he uh, is uh, fighting the Penguin, and at one point the Penguin is shooting at him with his pathetic little umbrella, and Aquaman just runs away and hides like a little girl, which is very upsetting. And he calls in an octopus, and then the Flash to help him out. So. Uh, <laughs> now, it's fair to say none of the mini-comics were absolutely stellar. But <laughs> well, no, but I mean, it's Aquaman is always kind of, you know. But but ironically enough, in the Mantis mini-comic, uh, Aquaman's like the team leader. Because uh, they, they, they deal with this thing with Mantis attacking a missile, and you see Aquaman, Martian Manhunter, and Red Tornado. And Aquaman goes, uh, not, uh, the, the, the astronauts will die if Mantis gets a hold of this. And Aquaman goes, not if we have anything to say about it. Red Tornado, Manhunter, do it! So he's ordering them around, which, awesome. I, which I appreciate. He's team leader. I think that's cool. That's awesome. And of course, he he helps Batman uh, defeat the Joker at the end of the um, at the end of the Joker mini comic. So I guess you know, got everybody. They really wanted to promote the whole teamwork aspect, and of course, promote the fact that there were different figures in the line. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things about the mini comics was absolutely like depending on which wave you were in. The guest stars in your mini comic were kind of determined for you based on who else was in the way for the most part. Yeah. Like it seemed like what they would do would be um, the, the, like the Firestorm mini comic, for example. He had Green Arrow surprisingly as a guest star in his, you know, and then uh, Superman played a role in it as well because you know so it almost seemed like the formula might be bringing some characters from the the same wave you're in, but then bring in a classic character like the Martian Manhunter one had Firestorm in it, but it had Wonder Woman in it. You know, so uh, it's just kind of the way it works. But, you know, you got mini-comics for Dark Side, You got mini-comics for the, the Parademons, everyone. So there are lots of fun. If you go out to our sites in August August 25th, to be exact, in 2009, which is easier to find it if you, go, if you both search both our sites by hitting the Superpowers collection, um, 
we did a massive crossover. We had, uh, gosh, how many? Let me see here. I'm scrolling down. It was, it was like 15 blogs, I think it was. Something like yeah. that, yeah. 15 different bloggers all teamed up, and we all posted pages from the mini comics. So, like, you know, I ran Firestorm. I ran, you know, every page of the 16-page Firestorm comic. Rob, Rob ran every page of the 16-page Aquaman comic. And we both ran pages that were relevant in the other mini comics. For example, like I said, you know, you get a couple of pages from the Martian Manhunter comic, a couple of pages from the other. It, Firestorm was in it and such. Um, so, you know, we had ours. Uh, Frank... Diablo Frank ran the ran the Martian Manhunter ones. The Batman blog ran the Batman ones. Joker ran Joker ones. So we had a lot of different folks covering different ones. So uh, they're definitely worth checking out. The mini comics hold a very special place in my heart, even though the quality is often questionable. Um, <laughs> they still hold a special heart place in my heart. I mean, I love the idea of buying an, an action figure and getting to read an adventure about the character right then and there. Yeah, you know, it's great it, marketing. Well, it's also a great marketing tool to get people to go buy the comics. You know, um, if I remember right, I want to say there was a subscription form. Was there? Some, no, it was that you could join the Superpowers fan club. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So, but the mini comics are great. So, um, gosh, what else was there? There was one, uh, I mean, one of the things about the mini comics is worth saying is that that uh, I think we mentioned this. Um, in the first episode, but who knows at this point, is that part of the reason that Kenner got the license to do these was they really emphasized the character's comic book roots, and that was something DC was very interested in. So by producing mini-comics along with the... and giving them away with the action figure, it really, again, reinforced that, you know, where these characters came from. You know, it's like, oh, these are comic book characters, because look, here's a comic book that you get with the figure. So it, it really was a perfect sort of symbiotic relationship to, to remind people. It worked as a marketing thing, of course, because it reminded that there was other figures you could get. But at the same time, it was also, you know, it, it, it fit uh, thematically, you know, with what DC wanted to do with this line. It was is to, to, you know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, these are, these are classic comic book characters. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say, the, uh... oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, well, you, go ahead. Uh, one thing else I wanted to mention before I forget is that there was a, uh, in terms of merchandising, there was a Aquaman 15-piece tray puzzle. That Aww. was a big picture of Aquaman by Jose Luis Gorsuch swimming, and there was a puzzle that came together. Now, this puzzle was, I would say, the beginnings of the Aquaman trine. Because uh, back when eBay first started up, I got a, a hankering to see if I could find the old... Um, Aquaman pencil case that I had as a kid. I had an Aquaman pencil case. And I, you know, had forgotten about it. I lost it when I was a kid. And, and then when eBay popped up in like 1998 or something like that, I was like, huh, I wonder if that's still around. And I go on eBay and of course I found it in like two seconds. And I'm like, oh man, I got to buy that again. So I bought it for myself. So then it came in the mail and included in it the guy that the, I bought it from, whose also name was Rob. His name was also Rob. Generously threw in an Aquaman superpowers puzzle just for free and, <laughs> and and i was like and that was the moment where i was like wow there's so much cool outcome stuff out there i wonder dot 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 and you know <laughs> cut to 10 years later and no money and everything else so it was the, the the puzzle tray is really like the beginnings of the, the the massive collection so you really i really have this other guy this other guy uh, rob to blame well i mean Without a doubt, Superpowers is to blame for my Firestorm fandom because the very first place I got exposed to Firestorm was, um, you know, probably, well, if I spend a second, I could tell you the exact date. Um, I watched the very first episode of 
uh, Super Friends, the legendary superpower show. And there was the episode where they introduced Firestorm. You get, you know, how he, how his powers work. These two guys, he's, you know, he joins the team. He's hitting on Wonder Woman. I mean, the whole thing. Can't blame him. You know, maybe this, maybe that explains some of me. Anyway, uh, so, you know, I was so impressed with that. I immediately went up to the local convenience store and bought the two issues of Firestorm that were sitting on the shelf. That's awesome. Or, no, I, I love stories like that. That's well, actually, I bought one issue. I'm sorry. I bought number 20. And I, I've told you this before, Rob. I went up there and bought Fury Firestorm number 28, first appearance of Slipknot. <laughs> 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 so that was my very first Firestorm comic. And then I immediately went back up to the store and bought number 30 that was still on the shelf. So I love that story. Uh, I really do. Yeah, so uh, Superpowers is directly responsible for both the Aquaman Shrine and the Firestorm fan sites and this podcast. Um, something else worth, worth mentioning, is, as long as we're doing sort of miscellaneous merchandise, is there's, there's an amazing thing here. It was, uh, I be, believe it was published in um, Argentina. It's a Super Amigos card game. It's and, funny you mentioned that. That's exactly where I was going okay, next. Okay, <laughs> right, right. Super Amigos card game. And, it, you know, it was like a, like a Magic the Gathering you know, type game where it was just all done with cards. And all the characters got their own cards, of course. And, you know, where, where, where was the characters from the toy line? They used the Jose Luis Garpez, Garcia Lopez artwork. But the thing that makes this card game really interesting <laughs> is um, not only did they use the classic jail, jail stuff, um, they also decided, I guess they were feeling, you know, decided to uh, feeling their oats, and they used other artwork uh, for some of the characters, like the Doctor Fate card, features art by Walt Simonson from a, right. from an issue of first issue special that Doctor Fate appeared in, and it features characters that never appeared in the line at all. And so you've yes, as you said, there's another Walt Simonson drawing in here. Yes, by of Manhunter. Woo! And, and now, as we know from the first episode, Manhunter was supposedly one of the characters they were looking at. To do oh yeah, I didn't four. think about that. So, so now these are some of the characters that are appear on these cards that, of course, were never in part of the series. You've got Manhunter, Kid Flash, which again another figure that they were looking at. The Atom, Hawk Girl, Bat Girl, Super Girl, Wonder Girl, Black Canary. <laughs> Black Canary. I like, like Bat Girl's called Bat Chica. Bat Chica, and then there's Super Chica and Chica yep. Maravilla, Raven and Raven and Black Canary, who's who have been misidentified as each other on the cards. <laughs> Starfire, Catwoman, Riddler, Sangre, who is uh, Brother Blood, and Amazo. And, like, the Amazo drawing is by Mike Zek and uh, uh, is from the Serpent of the Who's Who drawing. I was going to say, Mike Zek drew the Who's Who. Oh, yes. yeah. And it's from the Serpent. It's from the back. And it's, it's, oh, a, wow. it's a colored version of the Serpent art. So this game is – I mean, I, they obviously needed more characters to fill out the game. But, I mean, it's really intriguing at some of the – I mean, you know, like Brother Blood? Really? <laughs> well, teen, I mean, t- New Teen Titans, huge. Right, huge clearly, yeah, New time. Teen Titans is a big part of this game. But uh, So if this is super um, – this is super amigos. This has got to be uh, Argentina then, I right? I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, interesting, like, the translation on some of these is really interesting because, like we talked about, you know, Bat Chica, Super Chica, things like that. Black Canary. Right. It's, that's English. It's just Black Canary, right, right. Instead of like uh, Negro or Negra and whatever Canary is in Spanish. And um, same thing with uh, Starfire. Green Arrow is Fleca Verde. Yeah, exactly. You know, Starfire, you know, Fuego, I don't know what stars are in Spanish, but, you know, so it's just interesting that 
many of them had translated names, but many didn't, you know? Yes. Yeah, that's very true. Hector, can you explain that to us? I don't really understand. Um, I am really uh, – I really am salivating at the idea that Superpowers was even for a second thinking about doing a Hawkgirl figure. Oh, I would have loved that figure. <laughs> this would have been such an awesome figure. Do you, do you need a moment alone? I maybe do. I, I really would have bought – I would have bought the crap out of that one. Um, so now, I don't know if you know this or not, but that was not the end of the Super Amigos trading cards. Oh, I did not know that. Please enlighten um, me. I, I don't know a lot about it. Uh, I have some scans that were sent to me by a buddy. Again, I'm more Argentinian. They, these are the ones I have are stickers that were associated with the Super Amigos oh, right, line. Right, 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 right. And they were produced from 1985 to 1987. And like, there's a Firestorm sticker that actually goes across two different cards: number card number 96 and card number 97. And uh, it's a shot of Firestorm flying across, and you know, across the sky. It's one of some of the stock art they use quite often for Firestorm. And uh, you know, he was on. So he was on those two cards. He's on card number 171. So, I mean, there were quite a, two, uh, quite a few. And it was by a company called Cromie was who produced these. So, um, so I guess they did. Maybe these stickers came with those the trading card game. I, you know, I don't know. I've only ever seen the stickers sort of by themselves with the little sheets that you're supposed to apply them to. And, and like, there's one that was supposed to be seen under a black light, even. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and then these wild. Wild stuff. And actually, you know, maybe... some of the other characters, like there's a Plastic Man sticker. So he, oh, really? He, he must have been, I'm looking at it right here. It's on my own site. God, I don't even remember. I've been running the damn thing for six years. I can't remember every post. <laughs> um, but there's a Plastic Man sticker. And there's even a Teen Titans sticker featuring the Protector, which was the character that they brought into the Teen Titans only for those. The um, Protector? For, yeah. They, for the, um, the, uh, the character they brought in for the um, anti, oh, yeah. anti-drug comics yeah. that they put out. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and the Atom sticker features the Atom and Airwave, who, of course, were appearing together in the back of Action Comics, although this was past that point. But, yeah, there's Airwave, too. So I was so, going to say Airwave. Where's that coming from? Yeah, a lot, a lot of these <laughs> things are really, you know, uh, very, very odd. Oh, and then there's there's a sticker featuring Mira and Aqualad as well. That's awesome. How great would it have been in a Mira superpowers figure? Oh, oh, that would have been fantastic. Oh God, that would have so. been so cool. <laughs> By the way, if you want to see some fake uh, Super Amigo stuff, you need to go over to Frank's websites. <laughs> remember, remember when we did the crossover? He did like fake vibe. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, those were great. So you head over to the. Uh, uh, I knew some were on the Just League Detroit blog. I, I can't remember if you had them on other ones too or not, but oh, they were great. Fake Super Amigo stuff. Another thing that's, that's interesting, too, is that the, the, the fandom for superpowers has continued to this day into the land of customs, where I, almost, I, I'm exaggerating only slightly, if you go to, like, eBay or go to, like, one of those custom sites where people just show off their work, you can find virtually any DC superhero done in superpower style. Because yeah, that's pretty true. Somebody's made it. Somebody, you know, somebody has a favorite character that's like, you know what, they should have done a, you know, superpowers of whatever, and I'm going to go and make it. And then you can find it on eBay. It's it's pretty – I mean, of course, there's a Blue Devil. You know, there's a custom Blue Devil. Um, well, that's because there was a Blue Devil for the fourth wave. Well, that's true. That's true. But, I mean, people have gone and then made their own. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, there's oh, – yeah. it, it's really remarkable that um, – I mean, there's so many talented people out there. But, yeah, it's uh, – you can – there's virtually – Every character that you could ever want, or even if you can't find it, you can hire somebody to make it because <laughs> there's people yeah. <laughs> that are just that skilled to, to do it. So uh, it's pretty pretty mar- remarkable. Uh, when you think about this, toy line was in existence what two and a half years at the most. Well, th- with the toy line, the toy line, 
Uh, uh, three years, probably. Three, I would imagine. That's it, though. Three years. Yeah. That's, you know, I mean, good Lord. Kenner's Star Wars ran for a decade. You know, I mean, this was a three-year toy line. I mean, I know it branched out, but the fact that they're still slapping Superpowers logos on merchandise today is well, I was going to say, amazing. yeah, I was going to run down some of the stuff that's been more recent um, that have carried the Superpowers logo. Now, in 93, they released a set of temporary tattoos and pins sold by the Warner Brothers stores. Uh, 2009, there was a calendar in Australia with the Superpowers logo. There was uh, apparently... Not too long ago, underwear with briefs and boxers. I didn't see that. You mentioned the school supplies. Now, there are two other things that I actually own myself that carry the Superpowers logo that I got at either Walmart or Target. Um, one's a pair of pajamas that has – they're black with all these different superhero logos. You know, it's got the, like the Red Tornado logo and the Green Arrow logo and the Superman logo and the Batman logo and all – no Firestorm logo, which is crap. But anyway. Uh, um, can't have it all. So. And, uh, and, and it's got – kind of like cool polka dots in the background but it's one of the logos as if it's a superhero logo is the superpowers logo and so you, you know uh i forgot there's also uh symbols too like the batman symbol the superman symbol things like that but it's got the superpowers logo in there and so it's been produced as a pair of pajamas like sleep pants and they've also produced <laughs> this <laughs> snuggy uh, it's, <laughs> oh, we know you love your we we know you love your snuggy shit. I do. I, you know, I bought one. I bought this stupid thing a couple years ago as a gag, and I've worn it yeah, during many many recordings. I, right, I've, I've worn it during many recordings of this show because it gets so cold here in Florida. Um, Shut up! It does. It was it was down to fifty uh, the other all day. All right, all right, all right. Everybody, ra- raise your hand if you want to punch Shag. I thought I so. Wearing, I was wearing shorts and I had the top down in the Jeep last weekend. Oh, but. shut up! It was nice. So anyway, it's uh, it's, it's you can find these these sleep pants and these uh, snuggies. It's called like a comfort throw. It's not officially by the Snuggie brand, but they're it's pretty cool. So yeah, even now the original name was uh, Failure Shroud. (laughs) 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 Oh my god! Test test marketing proved people didn't want to be reminded of. uh, Of, uh, and on that note, folks, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Collect Actually, crumbs from are... your meals in our built-in filth pocket. <laughs> okay. <sighs> I really was wrapping up. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> it's not exactly how I wanted to go out. <laughs> I think we do need to end the show because we're getting punchy now. Yep. We're getting real punchy. So here we are sitting many, many years later, still much beloved, still highly collectible, yep. whether it be the toys and whatnot or this other merchandise. And – um you know, it's just it's it's a great line. It's it's probably the best superhero line of you know superhero branding, I should say, ever done. Because I mean, you're not going to sit here and say the DC Direct figures they're amazing. You know, the DC Direct figures look like they stepped out of the comic, but that's what they are. They're figures. Superpowers was a brand. You know, an entire brand of stuff. So I would say this is probably the strongest superhero brand ever done. Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I, I would say they are the, the finest toy representation of the DC universe ever put. As much as I love the Migos, and I do love them, I, I would argue Superpowers is the sweet spot of the classic, iconic versions of these characters, combined with the playability of what toys are supposed to be, um, as opposed to, you know, I mean, as much as I love the DC Direct stuff, those are like statues. They're really not toys in terms of, I can't really picture too many kids Playing with them now. I don't have kids. I don't have kids, so maybe I'm wrong. Well, I, I do have kids, and my stepson has the DC Direct Firestorm because when they first solicited it, I ordered two of them for that very purpose. One You're going to play with this. 
Right. Well, he did. He loved it. And you know, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love well, it. Hold on. It's a testament to the superpowers thing. I mean, I've got my superpowers toy I played with when I was a kid. I've still got it. It's intact. It's standing on my shelf. The superpower, the the DC Direct Firestorm, I bought him. Within three months, the legs were broken off. Aww. Because it's not the quality. You're right. They're they're statues. They're not toys. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, I might argue with you about the representation of the figures, but again, I'm going as a line wide, the the branding overall with the projectors and the puffy stickers and this underoos and the cartoon and the comic books and the action figures. I mean, as, as, a, as a huge line wide thing, it was amazing. Yep. Absolutely amazing. Unprecedented. And uh, I don't think it's been duplicated to this day. No. No, absolutely. Yeah, I think they're they're gorgeous. And uh, you know, <laughs> I had to point out, I, and he's probably not going to hear this necessarily, but I really do have to thank Paul Kupperberg for um, not mocking me, uh, because it occurred to me as I was writing him an email asking him about the the, the you know his his uh, line, his involvement in the comic, and I just wrote to him without any shame. Yeah, uh, my co-host and I are going to be discussing the superpowers toys on the show today, and it's just like. <laughs> I just wrote a 41-year-old man just wrote like a 57 or something year old man. Hey, I'm going to be talking about some toys later on. Would you mind telling me some trivia about the toys? And he's like, "Yeah, right. sure." At no point does he like, "Rob, what the hell are you doing?" So, right, trivia from a toy line from 30 years ago. From 30 no less years too. ago. It's bad enough we're talking about toys. We're talking about toys from yeah, 3 decades ago. But so I appreciate Paul just answering my question straightforward as opposed to making fun of me, which he could have. Be like uh, emailing the guy who did the Remco Warlord figures and going, you know, I got a question yeah. about uh, Arak. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, the Demos figures. Can you tell me? Do you have any molds left <laughs> right. of those? Yeah, it's very strange. So, uh, so yeah, I guess that I think is I mean, we should wrap up before we say something terrible. Well, there's there's a lot of sites you can go to. Again, we mentioned. Um, KennerSuperpowers.com right. or ActionFigureInsider.com slash archive slash SP. There were actually a few blogs going not too long ago about superpowers. Looks like they all kind of fizzled out in November 2012. But if you go out to the Wikipedia entry for superpowers collection, scroll to the bottom for external links, you will find some listings for some blogs. You'll find some other cool sites that are worth checking out. It's a... Um, there, there's there's stuff out there, man. There's people that love it. Yep, yep. If you're into it, there's 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 more than even what Shag and I covered in these two back, well, not back to back episodes. Uh, I don't know what you'd call it when there's two episodes and they're a year apart. Annual, a year annual. Apart. You know what? Annual. This is annual. There it was you go. almost a year ago. So maybe next year we'll come back uh, with a third part. I don't know what we'd talk about. I don't know. We'll have to figure <laughs> maybe that that'll out. be our. Maybe that'll be the one we talk about the cartoon. Uh, maybe so. Maybe that's a good idea. So everybody comes join join us in a year for. Well, I mean, listen to the other episodes in between, of course. But join if you've got nothing, if you've got nothing better to do, like you're doing housework or something, just download perfect. us. Yeah, absolutely perfect. So download us, maybe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, folks. Be sure to stop by uh, AquamanShrine.com and FirestormFan.com for your daily doses of your favorite characters as well as superpowers coverage. Uh, you can visit us both on the social media interwebs. You can find both of us on Facebook and Twitter at the same. Uh, you can also find Firestorm Fan on Tumblr and uh, Google Plus at the same. Rob, how can they email us here at the show? Uh, firewaterpodcast at comcast.net. And, of course, you can follow our Tumblr, firewater, fireandwaterpodcast.tumblr.com. Yep. There you go, folks. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Aquaman and Firestorm Fighting crime together Soak them down or burn them up No 
coming from all corners of the universe to a Burger King near you. The Superpowers Cup Holders. Only Burger King puts them under your child's command. When they buy a soft drink, they can get a Superpowers Cup Holder to play with for just $1.19. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Dark Side. $1.19 each. Collect all four while you can. Because the Superpowers team is headed for other galaxies.